welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Comic Bookies Podcast. Wherever you're listening, thank you so much for downloading, subscribing, and listening. Um, myself, Mark, but not Sean this week, is on this week. Uh, we have a quarterly interview with our boy, our sponsor, very generous, Alex from Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Uh, tomorrow is October 13th, 2021, which is New Comic Book Day, so head in, get all of your books Actually, maybe not DC books this week, and not until Friday. Right. <laughs> but, um, but Alex, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Glad to have you on, and especially me. I miss seeing your face because I haven't been in the shop, and you know, and since the beginning of August. So glad to have you on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's tough though, tonight because like I said, I'm watching the ball game, but like, we're doing this. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. What's up, Mark? You were saying, oh, dude, like, why the hell is he on? You know, the Giants and Dodgers are playing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was like, because I know we had it booked for tonight. And then when I realized that the elimination game for Alex's Los Angeles Doyas was tonight, I said, man, (laughs) I even sent a text. I said, Alex is going to be cross-eyed tonight, looking one eye at the screen, one eye at the TV. But um, As long as we're we're in the lead, I'm good. If we were behind, I would have a hard time. I probably would have gotten sick. Nonetheless, this guy is a man of commitment, and he is a man of his word, and he is here. But baseball's tough, man. I mean, I know how you say. I mean, if you were in behind, it'd be a lot tougher. It's easier when you're in the lead, and that's the yeah. thing with baseball. It's like so deflating. Like, you know, you go down two, three, four, zero in the first one, two, three innings, you know, and your team's down three, four runs early in one of these games. It just feels like you're never going to be able to like crawl back it's just so hard in baseball you know it's a game of failure and uh it's tough man it's tough but it's, it makes it fun i mean two best well, teams all year so good I mean, in the last 10 years pro ball so good man these guys are super super athletes now like it's awesome like the game is played at a tremendous speed i i love pro ball it's awesome like i mean you know especially like you're saying you get down a couple runs if there's these pitchers will lock you down, man. They'll just get the bullpen going. If the bullpen's clicking, then they'll just lock you down, right? You might you might get a, a hit there, hit there. Like Crawford took that one away last night. You know, these guys are just unbelievable athletes. It's good. Yeah. It's good. I mean, the pitchers are taking advantage of this generation being like all about the launch angle, and it's oh, sure. home, it's like home run or strikeout. So yeah, Mark, like yeah. you know. Just imagine when me and you were going to the games like six, seven, eight years ago when we were facing Verlander in those playoffs. Like he only had like a he at least had like a two or three run lead. If even the Tigers went up one run, then we'd be screwed because mm-hmm. the A's did nothing but strike out and home run. Yeah. You Especially know, Verlander. Over. Guy's the one pitcher mm-hmm. that I mean, you don't see this happen very often. But as the game progresses, he actually starts turning his heaters up a notch. You know, he'll start the game mm-hmm. off at 95, 96. By the seventh inning, he's throwing 98, 99. It's like, how the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Verlander was a, a beast, man. Until he played the Giants and gave up two home runs to Pablo. But, yeah. you know, that's neither here nor there. So, um, But, yeah, so how's the shot? That's what, I'm sorry. I was, I was just rewind. That's why batting averages don't count anymore. It's all slugging percentage, right? I mean, that's that's why the change in stats. Exactly. Matter, there's only there's right? only a handful you, you, of those guys that actually can hit yeah. for for power and average. You know, I, I I was mentioning like a few months ago, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He's still hitting over oh, 300, God. and he and he's hitting. I think it was the All Star break in July. He was yeah, hitting was. 320, 330, or whatever, uh, and he had 24 bombs, 70 RBIs already. That guy's a machine, yeah. and you don't see many guys oh, yeah. like that now. That div- that division was a machine, man. 
them not making the playoffs and the other three teams did. I mean, on the last day, they had a chance on the last day to get in. And look at what Simeon <laughs> right, right. did. Marcus, I mean, Marcus Simeon balled out out there after the A's gave him up. Four dingers, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what a, what an awesome division that was in the AL East yeah. this year. Don't get yeah, me started right. on the Fisher Group. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, shop's doing okay. Shop's shop is busy. Thankfully, things are are clicking pretty well. Uh, most of the publishers are trying to make up for lost time from last year, and they're just publishing everything. I mean, you guys seen the, the every week is, especially the second half of the year so far has just been heavy, heavy, heavy. But the like you know you and I were talking earlier, Mike. The, the shipping delays is, is killing me, man. This is ridiculous. Nothing's consistent. I mean, luckily. Yeah. You know, a lot of subscriber customers are, they're not dependent upon coming in and grabbing stuff off the stands, which is a big plus for subscribing. Just put your name down. I tell people, just put your name down, man. I'll hold stuff for you. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but it, it's crazy. I mean, a lot of people are speculating, not just on comic books, but on, you know, every kind of collectible, especially cards, baseball cards are still pop. Um, you know, Pokemon, I think you're still clicking pretty okay. I don't, I don't sell cards. So, you know, you still just, and I found the MLB TV did a, a show for opening packs. So I know cards just, these baseball cards are still selling okay, but uh, it's just everything's coming out. It's been busy. Um, it's it's a good year for comic books, which is a weird thing to say, all things considered. There's just a lot of good content. We saw, um, you know, the Substack thing. You know, God, was that two months ago now? Whenever the time flies, you know, guys leaving Marvel and DC like when they did with Image back in the day, and we're seeing an increased uh, focus on you know that kind of thing. Those guys are very successful that left and were able to do that stuff, and um. You know, I saw like Tiny leave and, and Hickman leave Marvel and, and guys are getting upset. But it's, I always try to tell them like that. The flip side is these publishers have to go on hiring sprees and discover new talent. And I think that's that could be a very good thing for the industry. It's, it's good to turn a leaf, get new talent in every couple of years and just turn the waters a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um. So Tiny has been killing it on Batman. And I just saw in previews. I, I love this run. Um, yeah. Uh, Josh Williamson, or but he's only coming on for for a handful of issues. Is that true? Uh, what, what's the whole thing with that? Because I thought he's coming on for like some four issue or something story arc. But is Tiny gonna leave at any point? Because I hope not. Yeah, no, Tiny is leaving. He, he is uh, Batman. Last Batman is one seventeen, I think. One seventeen, one eighteen is when wow. it kicks over to Williamson. I think I thought Williamson was taking the book over, and I was okay. surprised by that at first. But he, he's a very good writer, so. Um, but um, you know, Batman's uh, for DC. Batman is the straw that stirs the drink. The drink. He, he sells so much that they can put out other stuff. I mean, it, as long as Batman does well, DC is doing fine. Feels like you know, yeah. um, Tiny and Leaving is a tough one. I, I, you know, Mark and I talk about this every time I, I see Mark. He's one of our favorite guys. That guy's fantastic. Everything he's put out so far has been tremendous. I'm, I'm behind in a couple things like Wind. I never get a chance to read. I just kept sending out the book so fast, and I thought I'll have to just catch up on that one later. Mm-hmm. But um, his Batman book is awesome. Nice House and Lake is awesome. And Department of Truth is awesome. Like all three of those books kill for me. Just those are the first read every week those are in. You know, the nice house on the, when his stuff shows up. Nice oh, house yeah. on nice house on the lake. He does a great job of just he can keep stringing you along in that book, man. I feel like, you know, I, I'm always waiting for something bigger to happen, but it's just little clues every issue. And I yeah. know I think it's a maxi series, right? Twelve issues. So Twelve I feel like book one. Yeah. It's going to accumulate here pretty fast, I'd imagine, because we're already, what, on the fifth or sixth book, I believe? I think we're about halfway, yeah. 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 It's like, um, it it reminds me like, it's like a serialized Twilight Zone thing with him writing the full season. It's really, really cool. I I think Mm -hmm. the book's super engaging. Like, like I told everybody when the the book, when number one came out, you know, I was, they had sent us previews and I was, 
I was already pretty hot for it because it was Tinyan, but I didn't I hadn't read the preview right away. And then I was buying razor blades off Tinyan, and and uh, he mentioned it in one of his things that it was coming up again. So I, I downloaded the PDF from DC, read it, and, and the last page stinger just got me so hard. I, I love that little twist in the first issue. I, mm-hmm. I man, that's and, and I would tell customers like I don't I don't get I'm not surprised like comic books too often. I've read so many comic books, I read them still regularly, and so that one surprised me at the end, and that was just nice. Did be surprised is is fun. So yeah. I really dig that book. I got the first couple issues. I got the feel like I was watching the movie Clue. Like each mm. each uh, issue, he kind of like goes back to where he knew an, an, an individual person. Like how did he know that person in New York? Like from school, mm-hmm. or they always go to that one bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I thought I think it's kind of like that to where it's it's a mystery of like who's who and everything. And, you know, and you kind of see that. And of course, the minutes by minutes of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then you had the grocery list. I think was last early. You know, the lists of what you want. And, mm-hmm. um, and man, dude, I don't know if you read the most recent issue of department of truth, but what a mind blowing end to that one. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap. Where they knew what, who Cole was the whole time. Yeah. Oh man. That's, I love that book. Love oh, it. that book's so good. It's, it's got super, I mean, X, X files vibes for sure, but it's just, it's just super fun, man. It's super mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, not like, it's like other books where it kind of goes stale after a while. Like I think that was 16 issues and it's still great. Every single issue doesn't go stale at all. Ooh. Well, it's the, it's the concept as well, too, right? I mean, it's 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 serialized, but it's new serial. We don't know this one yet. And so you're still – and it's presented like a riddle, right? So like any good book that's got the riddle where you're trying to figure it out, like Department of Truth or Nice House on the Lake, you, your brain's engaged in, in trying to figure it out, and that keeps it in the forefront, and it's, it's cool. It's engaging. Yeah. It gets easy sometimes like when you read a Justice League book or X-Men book or you know, even Batman where they're just kind of going through a, a six issue arc and sometimes it feels like an issue is padded here or there sometimes, right? That, that happens on a lot of these books and it's not a, it's not a, it's not going to kill you on the book, but you're like, Oh, that, no, you didn't really get too far on, on anything. And, and like I said, Tyne's pacing is just ridiculous. That guy's, that guy's having a moment this year and it's really yeah. neat to see it. For sure. Bre- his break, yeah. his breaking out moment, huh? Oh, dude, he, he became huge, I, I think. I, I think he's, you know, he sells very well for me, but he that's an easy sell. The guy's putting out quality stuff. Yeah. Speaking I, of, go ahead, Mark. No, you go ahead. Well, speaking of breaking out, I wanted to, uh, to mention the news that just dropped, I think, yesterday and what you thought about it, just because uh, Tom Taylor is actually one of my favorite writers. Um, mm-hmm. I jumped on him when I first started reading comic books. One of the first ones I was reading was Injustice and just mm-hmm. that whole, you know, off continuity it's just like what would mm-hmm. happen if this happened and just his his mind just to go in a completely all types of different directions and it all stemmed from just you know clark kent being pissed off that the joker killed his wife and his unborn mm-hmm. child you know mm-hmm. it's like oh my god this really happened and then but he went on for years to, to put mm-hmm. together a huge like a, a different universe you know and mm-hmm. they and they made a video game out of it they're making a movie now i think um mm-hmm. but what do you think about his news now because uh, i i'm sure it's going to come in the pages of uh superman son of kal-el but now john kent is is going to be come out as bisexual and i think uh has his moment with uh the friend with the pink hair that i just read yeah, last but, night actually from the previous issue yeah issue five which is out the november i've already had a, a couple customers contact me about pre-ordering uh, books in quantity which is uh, means the story went national. Um, I, it's fine. I mean, I saw, I did tweet about um, some. There's a story in Huffington Post, which which I thought was pretty funny about all uh, these Republicans are upset about it. So I tweeted that. It's like I'd like <laughs> to see Republicans shut up about that kind of thing, or any politician really shut up about stuff they don't understand in in the pop culture realm, like commenting on comic books and and making you know like uh, I think Dean Kane came out and said like it's you know not 
it's not too groundbreaking because everybody's gay these days or whatever. And, and he had ideas on what would be groundbreaking, but it's like, you know, it doesn't sound like Dean King reads comic books to me anymore. Uh, it's like, exactly. he's got a, a union archetype of like a racial memory of like what comic books are from when they were kids, but nobody, these guys make comments about this stuff or these big declarations. They almost never read the stuff. They just think, Oh, comic books are for kids, which they aren't politely. They just aren't for kids anymore. We had and, that conversation know, the other day at the shop. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Remember? Yeah. With the little kid well, that I mean, came in. I mean, you, you schooled well, yeah. me on. You actually gave me some information that I wasn't aware of. You know, I kind of had that little argument with you about this. The Miles Morales kind of seemed to be all right, but yet it's still rated teen, and the whole um the legal the the legal rights and everything behind it, I had no sure. idea about. But yeah, it's pretty crazy. They really well, aren't for kids. Except earlier. Yeah, I mean, she she was phoned earlier, and they were looking for especially Peter Parker as well, right? So it was like I try to put them like the the main Peter Parker book is not ready for an eleven year old. It's just it's it's Amazing Spider Man. It's not suitable for eleven year old kids. You know, that's just not that's not the world we live in right now. And um, it's a tough one, right? Because people do think often like, oh, comic books are for kids, and you know, people will bring this point up often and they'll make fun of it. You know, comic books are for mostly forty year old white dudes. Is kind of the running (laughs) joke, right? The older white with disposable income is it, you know, who's maybe reliving his childhood through comic books because it's totally a nostalgia business. Um, I mean, that's where all of us are touched by nostalgia that enjoy comic books, right? It, it touches, it touches your childhood or whenever you first discovered comic books and it makes you feel that way again, usually, you know, I'm being very general, but that was, um, that was me for yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, like a lot of comic books are like, Mark, yeah, we were, we were talking like, they, 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 you know, like department of truth is not for kids, man. Nice house Lake, not for kids. I mean, it's black label essentially, or, you know, post vertigo, um, X Men, I would say, right now is pretty heady stuff and wouldn't be good for most kids unless but, the kid was uh, super mature or something. You know, these it's it's a weird industry. It's but, it's not for children. But there's so many there's so much marketing around these you know superheroes and whatnot that is for kids. You go to Target, oh, you turn sure. on the Disney Channel, they got the little Spidey uh, show and whatnot. Sure. So, show, Mark. I mean, it's kind of hard. You're a parent. <laughs> you're thinking that you know it's pretty much all around for kids you know an 11 year old would be able to to watch to read it and whatnot but i mean i i think that has something to do also with the you know with the publishers and the companies and mm-hmm. you know everybody in between because it's marketed a lot for kids i mean the movies you want to go watch mm-hmm. uh peter parker far from home and whatnot it's uh I mean, I guess it is more for teenagers. I wouldn't really recommend a 10, 11 year old kind of watching that movie either. He's got the girlfriend, you know, they kiss and whatever. Right. Not that big of a deal, yeah. but um, I mean, a Holy lot of God. it, in yeah. my opinion, is marketed for kid, for you know, younger kids. So well, there's, um, there's there's definitely that hook where they're always marketing to kids, right? I mean, like they've got cereal or whatever, the pajamas, the sheets. I mean, that's just trying to get you indoctrinated. It's like it's the Disney method for lack of a better way, right? Like get them when they're kids, get them attached to that stuff as their kids and then foster that through the rest of their lives so that they'll go to Disneyland to make you feel like a kid again. And then when you have kids, you bring your kids to Disneyland and you, and you infect uh-huh. them with the same thing. Man, you, know? you were like, you were like describing my childhood, my teen <laughs> years, my twenties and now my thirties. <laughs> oh man, am I in therapy? Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's all these companies want to do. They, they want to get you hooked on. Like I, you know, I've gone to DC a few times, uh, and, they'll talk about like the marketing world. There's, I think it's like 26 points of attachment. You know, it, it could be pajamas. It could be a cartoon and it could be a comic book. And as long as you're attached to a couple, they feel you probably get sucked into some of the others. Maybe it's a cartoon next. And you know, you get on the wheel and they start, they just grab you. And I think that's like every, uh, 
successful marketing brand. I'm sure like, you know, um, for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, like Chipotle, Hooters, Donald's have all suffered the same stuff. They all, you know, they got the t-shirts, you can Dunkin' Donuts, you can buy t-shirts and just always think Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, right? Oh, then just all, it's so, every, I mean, so much of the world is marketing. So much of it is just marketed at us, right? I've been hearing actually some people talking about today that they're not really upset with the fact of, I mean, if, uh, first of all, I would expect this more from the Disney owned Marvel company or something, right? For DC to go ahead and do it. And I think some people kind of have it um, mis- confused about it. I think some people that don't really understand it, they actually think that uh, <laughs> people that haven't read into it, that Superman is bisexual, not his son. Right. But a lot right, of right. people, I guess that their gripe with it is that they're saying, why can't they just create like a whole new character and a whole new, uh, you know, genre, but like their, their beef with it is that it's connected with Superman and they have to use like such a, you know, nostalgic character from such from the thirties and whatnot in order to, to, I don't know. It's just, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Alex and Mike, you guys have an opinion? Well, it's a tough one, right? I mean, like the, the argument that they should create a new character that, that fits the bisexual Superman mold is, is funny because that's exactly what DC is doing, I think, is giving you a new version of Superman who's bisexual. That, that's kind of written in the character. But, but I, you know, read comprehension is down. I don't expect these guys who never read comic books to understand what the, what the hell they're talking about. I self-censored myself. You know, um, they're just going to pick on something because it's like, again, like it's in the pop culture and they can kind of throw barbs at it that people will see. But these guys haven't read a comic book. It's like, seriously, next time I would love to see a reporter like take what, uh huh. And, and who's your local LCS? Throw it out in terms of what's your LCS? I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, exactly. Get the fuck yeah. out of here, you poser. You know, what? Yeah. Get out of here with that stuff. Exactly. But I want, for, I want a truthful accountability and reporting and, and comic book politician news i'm gonna get really niche there you know we gotta gotta bring that Where, where's rachel maddow she can have that segment on her show yeah or grilling politicians and their comic book reading habits so i mean i mean for me if it, it's a superman story right so if, if yeah. tom king if, i mean sorry tom taylor's gonna come on and he's gonna create and he's going to make john kent if he's gonna be bisexual he's gonna have a uh a relationship with this guy i forgot his name jerry or uh, Jay, Jay Nakamura, I want to say he's a reporter also. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But I mean, if he's still fighting aliens and he's crushing buildings and he's doing what Superman does at the same time, what the hell, you know? It's if the content and the and the story of of what he's does as Superman is good, I could care less what the hell he is. Well, I think that's most of us, right? No one cares about anybody's sexuality, really. You're only really threatened by it when it like intersects with your own and you get offended or you 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 have to like. Uh, deal with yourself or confront feelings you've never had before. I think I'll just yeah. be very general here, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's like, yeah, I mean, and, and also Superman, by the way, is like the best immigrant story of all time. So all these people who are these Republicans who are anti-immigration, you wouldn't have no Superman in your country, sir, if you were in charge because he's an immigrant in this country. So back off. There you go. You know, <laughs> there you go. But a good um, soundbite on Fox or wherever, you know, those guys, that's what, that's all they're looking for. It's a soundbite culture, right? It's, it's, it's all that dumb stuff. Yeah, I'm sure Ted Cruz will have a good comment in a day or two, right? If he hasn't already, <laughs> I don't follow that guy because that that guy's like the king of putting his foot in his mouth for for stupid shit, right? Um, <laughs> okay, so one thing I wanted to ask you was Immortal Hulk 50 comes out this week, and that's yeah. the last uh, issue going into the Donny Cates era. Are you excited? Yeah. Like, what are you looking forward to in the new Hulk era? And I th- aren't they switching? Uh, what's his name is going over to Venom. 
Um, yeah, um, Al Ewing is. Al Ewing is, uh, yeah. With, so, with so, Mom V, I think. You know, so what can we expect from this new era of the Hulk? Because actually, you know, I, I was given uh, Marvel crap our first year or so doing the podcast because sure. all these books were like, you know, we're just okay content-wise and, and nothing lasted past like, you know, 8 to 12 issues. But man, there's some of them that are, you know, Amazing Spider-Man's like 76 this week. Hulk is 50. Avengers is 49. Shoot, Miles Morales has been going on for 31 issues. So, mm-hmm. you know, so so – you know, what do you think we can expect in this new era of the Hulk? I'm not sure. I have 50 to read. I did um, the actual this week's uh, Penguin Random House shipment was barely damaged. It was amazing. Like the first week it was heavy. I had like 60% of my shipment damaged. Oh, um, this okay. week I only had like eight books. So I do have a copy of 50 I got to read tonight before I go to bed. I'm looking forward to it. I think it should be a very good ending. Al Ewing's run on that book has been awesome, like 100% mm-hmm. awesome for me. Um, the Donny Cates uh, run of Venom was not great for me. I'm, I'm not the biggest Donny Cates fan. I, I love the way he starts stories, and I think his endings have been kind of a little too soft, but I think he's got great ideas at the start. But he's still new, and he's getting it figured out. So That's how, um, that's how Thor is for me. Crossover. Like yeah. The first um, you know, crossover, uh, yeah. arc or two of Thor was really good, and now mm-hmm. we're in like issue 16, 17 I just read from last week or two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of – I mean the actual – that specific issue was okay, but for the last six months or so, six to eight months, you know, definitely not as good as the first you know, uh, two no, the, 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 the Donald Blake storyline, I wasn't really happy with that, and um, yeah. part of it is my age. I'm 50. I've been reading Thor since I was like, I don't know, 11, so – well, you know, I've been reading Thor for a couple of years, and I, I could never buy that Donald Blake would go batshit crazy. I understand where the idea comes from and the twist. I, I think, like, Donny Cates reminds me a lot of Mark Miller, who's all about, like, twisting things up, and um, he's pretty good at it in general. But I, I, I had a hard time buying that Donald Blake was a figment of, like, Thor's uh, personality and imagination that would go batshit crazy and murder everybody in the, uh, like, upside-down world. That was really weird for me. But the start yeah. of that book was fantastic, like, 100% fantastic. Yeah. Um, the thing with whole, the whole thing is pretty weird too because this is Joe Bennett's last issue uh, on that book. He was fired. He's I guess apparently like a terrible anti-Semite, and uh, Al Ewing won't work with him anymore. Very curious what how the fallout of that works. He, I think he's not working at Marvel anymore either. I think his last issue was Immortal Hulk 50. So, Damn. but it's like you know consequences for being you know we we can all be assholes in private, but the minute you're an asshole in public, uh, there's consequences I and mean, accountability issues with that stuff and. Um, it's going to happen to everybody who wants to, if you put out a, if you're backing like a, a divisive subject or, you know, you're in the minority opinion uh, and you make those spots known, there, there's going to be blowback for that stuff. That's just the world we live in. And that's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. But I expect it to end very well. Al Ewing's been a great writer for Marvel. I think he's one of the few bright spots for me over there. Um, John is even being the other one. And I'm, I'm super disappointed he's leaving. You know, it's a total bummer for me. Where is he going? Where's um, he heading? He's, I think he's under contract for two more years. It sounds like he's not going to be writing much, but he's just doing his independent thing on uh, Substack. Oh, okay. Worlds. Oh, okay. Um, which I'm a little behind on those. He, he puts out a lot, but that, that stuff's really cool. He's, he's such a good writer. I mean, Inferno's been, I mean, one issue only so far, but that issue is killer. Yeah. That's really, really good. So, What did you think of uh, Jeff Lemire's Maze Book number one? Because Maze Book number oh, two really comes did. out this week. It was, uh, it was yeah. trippy. I was like, what is this? And all of a sudden, the last couple of pages, I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" You yeah, know, that's really Jeff Lemire is really good. Um, that, that, that I'm looking forward to. Read. I did not bring home a copy of that. I'll read that in the morning. I gotta, I gotta get in early and finish up some stuff in the morning. Um, I had a long day, man. I was price. I bought, I bought a large collection recently, so I was <laughs> pricing the books like a mofo. So I got okay. all the X Men done. I was like, I, I gotta stop here. I just can't do this all night. I would, and just keep going on and on. So yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, it, it's funny. I mean, like, I think I said this probably last time I was on. I think Marvel and DC are still kind of lagging behind the independents still in terms of, like, quality of book and ease to get into. And um, there's a few bright spots for Marvel, a few bright spots for DC, and it's, it's been pretty cool. But a lot of it has been tough this year, it feels like, for some of the offerings. Yeah. It's, I mean, everything's been weird this year, so it's just kind of par for the course. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Um, I know that myself, Mark, and Sean have all we've been liking the Joker so far. Of course, oh, yeah. again, mm-hmm. again from Tinyan. You know, just yeah, just another right. great book from Tinyan. So, um, and it's more, it's called the Joker, but I, th- but we, I think we all would agree, it's it's more of like sh- this should be called Jim Gordon. You know, oh it's, yeah, like it's more about him. Tiny, so eight coming up on that too. Yes, so issue mm-hmm. eight comes out tomorrow. Um, that's who's who's gonna take over that one? Do you guys I know? No. I don't know. I, so, I don't, man, like I told you before, I don't keep up because I get so much email from publishers that I, I rarely seek out the news yeah. anymore. I so is that, so, so is that ongoing? So then when he leaves, all this stuff is going to be, I mean, you know, uh, Nice House on the Lake is of course ending. That's like his, yeah. you know, but like, is, but well then, then again, Department of Truth is, is image. It's not DC. Image, so, yeah. so is he just right. completely leaving DC? So, so, yeah. so. Oh, cause I, so I wonder if he's going to end Joker or if he's going to leave it vacant for somebody else because it's been great. I don't know if I trust anybody else with that Joker. Yeah. I would think somebody else will probably take that book just because it's been, it has been selling well. And they, they do like having a, another book in the Jays on the stands like the Justice League. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tamaki. Yeah. <laughs> Tamaki's good in, um, in uh, de- Detective. I like, I yeah. like her on Detective. The Batman books are pretty damn solid, I got to say. It's hard to complain about Batman books at all for me. Um, but again, that's like where DC bread is buttered, man. Batman's the brand for them, right? It sells better than every other book in the shop. Um, nice house of the lake, I, I think is two or three books of 12 issues each at dark at uh, black label. And I hope, I think that's going to continue there as long as oh, I mean, cool. I'm sure DC would be happy to have them. Right. Yeah. And then speaking of, uh, Batman, you got the imposter coming out this week. The, yeah. the, the jock book. I mean, the jock is one of my favorite artists. He's, yeah. he's badass. So oh, is that yeah. coming out this week? Mm-hmm. Oh, is this that? Is that the one that I tried ordering a month early? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. Because some reason like DC Connect like released two issues of DC, you know, yeah. of it like oh within God. like a five week span. So you're like, oh yeah, we're gonna get the imposter. I'm like, oh Mark, I think that's for next month. I'm I'm talking about oh, this yeah. one previously. That was that was super weird. I could see where you're. I totally forgot about that. But yeah, that was I mean that was in the before times. It feels like everything's weird in the before times. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um so uh comic books aside, let's um yeah. anything anything else you've read or anything you've watched on TV or you know cuz I me and my wife uh watched the Many Saints of Newark, the prequel to Sopranos, mm-hmm. and it did its job because you know whatever grade you're going to give it, I thought it was a solid movie. It's not, you know, perfect, it's not outstanding, but it wasn't horrible, but it did its job because my wife is now uh she's through 3 episodes of the Sopranos. Mm. So right she definitely on. wanted to go back and watch the actual show. So I was like, oh, hell yeah. So definitely did its job oh, cool. for me. But uh, yeah, anything you've watched? Mark, did you watch anything over the last couple of weeks? She already passed how many episodes of the Squid Game? That's the real question. No, I, <laughs> oh, I can't do Squid Game just yet. Did you watch Squid Game? No. No. You know me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard things about it. I've heard it's good. I've heard it's, you know, weird and, you know, because it's uh, Korean, right? It's Korean and it's dubbed yeah, in English yeah. and stuff. And it's like a, you know, Hunger Games, but 
way more deadly. I'm hearing so. Yeah, I think I heard it's more like Battle Royale, which I which I love that film, but I haven't seen Squid Game yet. My daughter wanted to watch it. We just checked it out, and she can't watch it. But uh, I'll probably watch it. Um, I'm very curious to see to see it. We're we're uh, watching Ted Lasso. I think like still some folks are. Um, I like that show a lot. We're watching John Oliver on Sundays. Um, doing a baking show on, on food TV for my daughter right now. Halloween baking contest thing, which she's all about. We're taking a break nice. from long form TV because we did all that Star Wars and all the Marvel movies like the first seven months of the year. And, and then I, I told the girls, I, I just can't control the TV all year long. That's not really cool. You know? Yeah. Um, but we got that <laughs> stuff done. Um, we, we, I did watch Malignant recently on HBO because that was, you know, free to stream and that, that was fun. It's not uh, terribly scary, but it's a good James Wan film. I thought it was a good thriller. It reminded me of, uh, Kind of have the vibe of like Dario Argento opera for me, uh, kind of an old 70s uh, thriller vibe. Um, not terribly scary. I, I picked it apart and figured it out within the first 20 minutes because they gave you enough kind of things to guess and swing on. Uh, at the end, it was kind of funny because I made a bad joke about like, hey, it would be kind of silly if they did this. And at the end, it was that. And I was like, my wife was like, how could you do that? It's like, I don't watch a lot of horror, man. Yeah. <laughs> going to do this, you know? Uh-oh. Um, I did subscribe to Shutter TV recently, the all, the all horror uh network streaming thing it's it's 60 bucks a year i gotta say I, it's like it's gonna be like it's gonna sound like a plug for them but i put it off because you guys know i never watch tv i never have time to watch outside of, i'm watching sports all the damn time and um after that it's like a little bit something with my wife and then at night i usually work on music stuff but i was like man six they're, they're premiering all the films that should have been in festivals this year for for horror films are going to be premiered on shutter because the theater thing is still so messed up so i was like man for 60 bucks that's worth that that's 60 bucks is worth all those films alone for me. And so I've been watching that channel uh, a little bit this week. And like, I'm in the middle of Blackula, which I haven't seen in like 20 years, which is terribly awesome, but mostly terrible. But it's like, man, <laughs> the fact that it's 2021, we live in a world where you have a streaming channel. It's all horror. I, I love it. I'm, I'm so happy. That's like the best 60 bucks I've spent in years. It feels like, cause it's just, yeah. I could, I could do it all night. It, it's You're awesome. all horror, huh? I am. That's my jam. It's so like, really? the, like the horror for me is like, I always love slasher movies. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. now I watch I watch zero because I'd want to watch with my wife and she is like she won't even watch, you know, the most PG of horror movies. Like, like, like what's sure. something that's not super, super scary, like maybe signs, I know you know, you maybe considered horror, somewhere. but she doesn't even do that kind of stuff. But I will tell you that I, I'm more of a slasher guy because once you get into like, you know, religion and mm-hmm. uh, possession and all that ki- type of stuff, I I, you know, I tend to steer away from that, or I tend to at least watch it at like two o'clock in the afternoon with the, <laughs> with the blinds open and everyone's kind of walking around talking. And yeah, I, I can't watch I can't watch those types of things at night in the dark. I love that stuff. I love the diabolical stuff because I grew up crazy Catholic, so I I don't believe any of that shit's real. So it's like hit me with all that stuff. I love possession movies. Like I could do that all night long. I I always joke, right? Like strike me down, take me Dark Lord Satan. It's I'm lying. So it ain't gonna happen. Love it. But like, yeah, give me Jason Voorhees, give me Michael, give me The Hills Have Eyes, all those gory, oh, give, yeah. give me all What's the Rob Zombie ones too. Like, I just love all that stuff. Like, give there's me all a, that. There's supposedly another Korean show out, Alice in Borderland. Have you guys heard of that? No, mm-hmm. I haven't heard of that. I, I think it's like another Asian Korean type show that's out mm-hmm. on one of these streaming videos. I, I heard two, my wife's cousin mentioned it. And then I think I saw it on some social media or something. Alice in Borderland. Hmm. I don't know what it's about, but it's probably better than Squid Game. Yeah, I said well, it. Asian, Asian <laughs> horror is weird, dude. All the Asian horror shows are weird, right? Asian culture is very different than Western culture. And so we always find it a little exotic and weird. But uh, Korean shows are messed up, dude. I have a, I have some 
a few Korean horror movies in my collection. There's, there's some of these, some, I mean, some of them are good. I mean, we're not the only country that can produce films, right? I mm-hmm. mean, no. or or movies and shows. That was that one show that came from Spain. Remember, that was pretty popular. A couple or I don't know, maybe it still is. What was the one? The Money Heist. Hmm. Oh Money? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know what you're talking about. I had a few coworkers at the old job uh, that were watching that one. I'm not sure if it's still on, but I, I do know. Is it, is it Netflix? I think that was Netflix. I remember watching like the first five, six episodes. I just, it was just how many seasons. I can't sit there and watch like six, yeah. seven, eight seasons of, mm. you know, I just can't do it. But it was pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, nice. well, I'm watching uh, Dark on Netflix with Jenny. We're the we're three or four episodes in on Dark, the German show. Okay, That's super cool. Like that, nice. I like that a lot, but that's like German Stranger Things. It's super oh, cool. German Stranger Things, that's cool. I'm actually, what am I doing? I'm doing, t- uh, you know, trying to finish the last seasons of all the CW shows. So I kind of watch them in like order of like the date they came out. So literally I'm, I'm still in like June, you know, as far as like when the episodes <laughs> mm-hmm. are released. So I'm a little bit mm-hmm. far behind and then I get freaked out and I have an anxiety attack. Like when I see that the new season of a new show is coming out like next week, I'm like, oh no, no, I have to hurry up. <laughs> God damn it. You, I you're about to get laughed, buddy. I know, I know I'm going to get lapped, but and then I'm trying to watch uh, Titans. I think I'm like six mm. or seven episodes into the the newest season, and that one's actually really, really good. Um, you know, the whole thing with Jason Todd being killed, mm-hmm. and then he, and that now he's like kind of willingly but unwillingly um, uh, working with Scarecrow. Mm. And I can't, and I can't. He does good TV shows. Do, they do. They do good cartoons. Yeah. I just watched for the first time. I was like, you know what? My son's down for a nap. My daughter is doing like some of her little homework thing and she's going to color. And then she wants to come in here and, and watch some TV with me. Um, I watched Justice League War. I'm, I'm trying to watch. I'm trying mm. to rewatch all of the um, DC animated films and a lot of them like from 2017 and on. I haven't seen any of them. So I just watched mm-hmm. uh, Flashpoint Paradox again. And then Justice League War is a good one, too. Another good one. And mm-hmm. it was kind of it kind of felt like that first um, it was um, shoot uh, the first. What was it? Was it Jeff Johns? Um, his Justice League run in the New 52. That was mm-hmm, some of the first mm-hmm. comic books I ever read, and it kind of had that vibe of like them kind That's of getting. That's a good started. run. Yeah. Yeah, the, man. Those DC cartoons are good. The only exception for me recently was probably um, Killing Joke, with the stuff with Batman and, and Batgirl was stupid. Everything else is fine. Mm, mm-hmm. that, that was a big mistake on that cartoon, but the production value is very high. I mean, I haven't watched What If. I heard What If is dark, but that's all right up my street, and that looks cool. We got to do WandaVision. Falcon, Winter Soldier, and uh, all the TV shows. We need to catch up on those on Disney Plus. On Loki, yeah, that's right. Thank you. We're caught up on the Star Wars stuff. That happens. That's like a a one is Star oh, Wars yeah. in my house, right? Yeah. So yeah, once Mandalorian that, comes out, but... that's like sorry, 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 DC or, or Marvel. Yeah. You know that trumps that. But no, actually, I'm through yeah. the like first four the four episodes of What If. We just finished. Mm. Um, uh, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart and not his fingers? And on his hands, right? So mm-hmm. what he tries, you know, just the, the gist of it, he tries to like go back to the night that he um, uh, crashed in the car. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is, is that um, who's the love interest again? God dang it! I know it's uh, Rachel McAdams, but who's the character mm-hmm. in the in the story? She's in the car with him, and she when they go mm-hmm. off the cliff, she ends up dying. So he tries to go back. He opens up the Eye of Agamotto, and he tries to go back in time each time, and, and, and like w- whatever he does, he tries to not go to this event. Still, something else happens, and she ends up dying. So it's one of those like, you know, he's stuck in a paradox. You know, it's like this, so some mm-hmm. things like can't change, and so I won't give away the whole rest of it, but mm-hmm. it's that that's like the gist of that episode. So that one was pretty good, actually. I liked that one. 
the whole idea of what if is awesome, man. DC's yeah. got Elseworlds, which is the same thing. Those are always super fun. I, yeah. I love that idea. They said, what can we do in between all of these shows and movies but to, so we can still kind of capture fans and, and get them to come mm-hmm. to Disney Plus and, you know, kind of, um, you know, eat our, you know, kind of digest all of our stuff. Oh, let's do a what if. And, oh, my God, people are so excited because they're going to get all the other voices, too. You're going to have all the, the other characters also be the voices of these characters on the cartoon show. I think I think that's Disney Plus is one weakness in a weird way is the original the new content to get you because if if you got a kid and you don't own the movies then you're doing it for your kids right so all the cartoons kids will watch stuff like ad nauseum I, I still watch stuff like I watch Alice in Wonderland every year I'm stupid for that film right mm-hmm. but I own all the Blu-rays so when we did Disney Plus it was like man I only want the Star Wars stuff all the animated stuff I've got but we we do all the weird documentaries like behind the scenes and the rides and that stuff's super cool but but yeah they need more original content especially on the Marvel mm-hmm. side right because I mean, if you've seen all the movies in the theater, um, you've done them all already, right? I mean, that's, that's all there is to it. So yeah. you gotta you gotta fill those gaps in. I completely agree because um, Disney World just uh, celebrated their 50th anniversary on October mm-hmm. 1st, and they have that thing about the history of Disney World and you know mm-hmm. how how Walt died, you know, before Walt, you know, Disney World even opened, and his and his his brother took over, and then he died very shortly, like within a, what a couple months of. Disney World opening, it was like they said that he he held on just long enough to see the the mm-hmm. park open his brother's dream, um you know come to fruition and he you know kind mm-hmm. of let go. So, um Mark, you watch anything? I know you're a huge streamer. I know you watch a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You know, in your off time. <laughs> you know what? I'm actually coming across something I'm seeing on the web here. Not to circle back to it really, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to make light of it because I kind of said or I kind of threw some salt on the people that thought that. Um, it was actually uh, John Kent or Clark Kent, not mm-hmm. John Kent, coming out as bisexual. But I can see why, man. Mm-hmm. I'm scouring the net right here, and all I see is, I mean, three, four articles, and the headline is Superman comes out. Superman comes right. out. As, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, man. So, I, I mean, people that just come across this news and don't really deep to or dig too deep into it, that's that's what they see. I mean, I, I don't like how. Sure how that's the headline out of Superman when it's well, I mean, that's their fault. That's what Alan was saying. You know, they're not coming. So the only readers, headline that's so going to get you to read. You know, yeah. that's the only headline that gets you to read the story. Yep. Any, that's the clickbait. Anyway, how yeah. many? What's your guys's opinion or what are your thoughts on NC-17 rated movies? I remember when I was younger. It's probably the only one that I still even really know of. I'm pretty sure Mike, being my demographic, knows which one I'm talking about. Um. Mr. A.C. Slater's ex-girlfriend in Saved by the Bell. Oh, and, uh, uh, Showgirls. Yeah. Showgirls? Showgirls. So, yeah. Uh. I mean, I'm re- the reason I bring that up, actually, is I'm coming across an article here, and it's just uh, NC-17 movie uh, rated. A rated movie has been approved for Netflix. It's going to be a bi- uh, – what is it? A biop? Uh, biopic. Um, yeah, biopic on Marilyn Monroe. And I guess oh. at first it's it was kind of – Deemed to be kind of sexual or whatnot, but they went ahead with this rating. And hmm. for Netflix, uh, also coming out with the whole Dave Chappelle special that's been having controversy lately as well. What do you guys think? What are your thoughts on uh, Netflix approving it? What are your thoughts? Maybe this one might be for Alex because he might know hmm. more. But I mean, it, what's the deal? Is, is NC-17 rated movies more just because of sexual content, not really violence type or, or what? Yeah. God, I think it was typically for. I think usually it gets sex, but it's it's of course for violence, right? It's it's strictly not for anybody 
uh, what, 17 and under. And I think those are the films that get it usually get it for a good reason. I thought Bad Lieutenant might have been NC-17 when I saw that back mm-hmm. in the day with Abel Ferreira and uh, Harvey Keitel, which is a fucking great film, by the way. Um, but that's definitely not for kids also, right? So I don't mind. Um, ratings are tough, right? Like when you're a kid, it's a big deal because you can't get into anything unless you sneak in all the time. And as an adult, once you're the right age, it doesn't really matter, you know? Um, uh, the ratings rarely I, I rarely pay attention to them because I don't have to, right? But um, if you yeah. saw NC-17, you'd be like, well, that's definitely probably something's over the top. And I don't think they throw that on anything. So I, I think for some people, they need to be maybe made aware that it's definitely not for children or something. Right? Like when yeah. we saw the first Deadpool film, there's a bunch of little kids in that damn film, Midnight, right? Because parents are like, hey, it's Deadpool, man. Huh. Uh, but that film, that film was not for kids also, right? Yeah. I think I, mean, like I think with Chappelle, if you've watched his most mm-hmm. recent stand-up and what he's getting flack for, and just mm-hmm. he doesn't really like me. And my wife watched it a few, uh, a few days ago. He kind of because um, in stand-ups before, you know, he he kind of poked fun, or, like that's just what he's saying. He kind of poked fun and made some jokes about the trans community, mm-hmm. and then he he wanted to go ahead and you know not really apologize, but say, hey, I have no beef with you. But then at the same time, he says more jokes by the trans. And so I think in this day and age with all these touchy subjects of the LGBTQ community, when you're dealing with race, with gender, it, mm-hmm. I think that's Netflix is I think what they're doing is they're trying to save their own ass. They're like, OK, these topics that he's bringing up right now and talking about the content is necessarily isn't really NC-17. It's probably rated R, but we want we don't want any kids at all. We want parents to see, whoa, my God, NC-17, you are definitely not watching that. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. want to deter anybody uh, who's under 17 to not watch that show. They want to deter anybody from that show. So I think that's maybe the reason, mm-hmm. specifically for the Chappelle content. Because as far as I'm concerned, what I watched a few nights ago with my wife, it was the, it was a normal Dave Chappelle stand-up. But I think with just with the um, the environment and what we're living in nowadays, I think the NC-17 was stamped on there to kind of save oh, their own ass. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you have to have that. There's there's all there's so much liability involved for these companies, right? Like yeah. Netflix has got it's got liability on that. And I haven't seen the Dave Chappelle special. I saw uh, like an opinion piece on CNN about uh, the Dave Chappelle special from a a black trans proponent or, or advocate, and he's gay as well, I think. And, and his comment was mostly like, man, Dave Chappelle mentions that he's, he doesn't hate LGBTQ people, whatever, or doesn't, doesn't hate trans people, but he sure does bring us up a lot or brings up gays a lot. And, and uh, it, it just kind of reminded me of like Eddie Murphy. Like I love Eddie Murphy and I watched raw recently where he makes all the, all the beginning, which you would never do today about the gay mm-hmm. jokes. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then, you know, and then like, I think 16 years later, it was like Eddie Murphy got arrested a bunch of times for having sex with transvestites. And I was like, man, you comedians are, messed up people and and they often uh like bring skeletons out of their closet and if dave chappelle is constantly going to gay people it's like like eddie murphy did once and then maybe there's something there maybe dave chappelle's got a little something for gay people <laughs> i don't know you know <laughs> that, that's my only comment on that so it's like, man, you know i mean and it also gets a lot of attention I and mean, he's in he's a he's a hell of a comedian he's funny so, as hell right so attention's good for comedians that, some, that's yeah. what they want some tin foil right there yeah, but I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, hey, attention is not just good for comedians. I think Netflix is doing this purposely. You know, sure. meditated. I think that they're trying to align themselves. Obviously, I think last yeah. quarter they, they they didn't do as good as projected. They actually didn't get as many subscriptions and whatnot. So they got to align their business model with all these other streaming services that are coming out and all this. You know, people like we mentioned earlier in pre-production, YouTube and people that give hours mm-hmm. to. 
YouTube and algorithms are just designed to keep you locked onto their programming mm-hmm. and their network and whatnot. But with NC-17 uh, ratings, it kind of, you know, like Mike said, to let people know, like, no, do not. Yeah. let this. But at the same time, on the flip side of that, I think that there's a it's calling people as well. Like, oh, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe, NC-17. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. let's go That's check true. this out. You know, Netflix has recently aligned themselves into the video game world. Right. They did some type of acquisition. And I think they're going to get into video gaming. And uh, I mean, they're a big company. Right. So I just think they're trying to align themselves and. It's kind of like the mantra goes sometimes uh, all or what is it not um all bad publicity is good publicity or not all or yeah. whatever it is all pu- all publicity is good publicity, good publicity yeah mm-hmm. get their name what out you saying, Mark like I mean they ha- they have to every company's got to align themselves and say the right thing publicly I think that's what marketing departments are for and and, and you have you know you could kill yourself by saying the wrong thing and not being apologetic for it if if, if you made it that mistake right? I think the only company that I can think of it that gets away with saying we hate gay people and successful is Chick Fil A, right? It's like man, we hate gay people, buy chicken, and people are like yeah, chicken's better than gays, so they just buy Chick Fil A every goddamn day. Right? But that's the only thing I can think of that can get away with that, right? If, if McDonald's had said that, people would boycott McDonald's so hard. You well, know? they're also McDonald's is also a a, a, a public company. Chick Fil A is private, so. Oh, are they? Oh, well, there you go. There you go. They, I guess they can align themselves with whatever the hell they want when they don't have shareholders to attend to. Well, sure. I mean, that's like you know all these hospitals, right, that are privately owned, and, and they're telling their employees like, "Yeah, be vaccinated, or you can, you know, just bug out of here and work elsewhere." And people are like, "You can't do that. You're, you're a company." It's like, "No, we we gotta. We have. It's a hospital. There's all kinds of liability, and this is a virus. Like, you gotta. There's a couple things you gotta do here, folks. You know. Yeah, and everything's at will employment anyway." Yeah, hopefully didn't have any Southwest uh, flights in the next few uh, weeks or months. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I saw a little headline. People are guessing it's a big sick out or something, but that's that's wild. That's wild shit, man. That's wild shit. If they yeah. didn't learn, if they didn't know, they gonna learn today how important <laughs> pilots are to the the economy and the world right? as well, right? I, mean, I think I, with all the with all the stuff. With the truck drivers and the supply chains and that obviously Alex knows about with all of his books sure. and, and delays. And you thought you thought it was bad enough for truckers. Just wait until these pilots stop, uh, stop making their flights and, you know, calling in sick or playing hooky from work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that like all these dudes getting on fights on planes, man, like over a mask. It's like that's a federal charge, you know, like it's just. I, I I don't quite understand it, uh, so it always eludes me when you hear these people get so upset about a thing that's like for the common good or keeping I, everybody I, safe it, or protected. It's always weird to me. I just I just think people are idiots. It's you know everyone has their ideas and opinions and everything about whatever mm-hmm. mass and whatnot, but. You know, I could see like if you go and if you're not if you're not about masks and you don't want to wear them and you think they're stupid or whatever, that's your opinion. That's your choice. Right. If you like sometimes I go sometimes I go to chase. I park my car to use the ATM to take out 20, 30 bucks, whatever. Right. And I see that no one's in the the little area where the ATM is. I'll just get out of my car real quick without a mask, you know, grab my money and go. But it's like when you're at an airport and it's or a restaurant and you're like in a place of business it's just, I mean, is it that hard to just wear it, right? It's just, like you said, like, to get on a fight on a plane, there's kids around. Yeah. It's just, we're bigger, right. better people than that, right? Yeah. But your freedom, you know, it's a freedom issue. <laughs> it's it's I, weird, man. It, it's 
it's strange days. I get it. I mean, if there's anywhere actually that I would want to wear a mask, it probably would be the damn plane because I don't know. I rode on a plane and they said that you're probably the safest on the plane from catching COVID because of how good the filtration HEPA systems are on the airplane. I'm thinking mm-hmm. in my head the whole time. That's a crack of shit. There is no <laughs> way in hell that I, I am more, pro, you know, that I am safer on this plane that that like touching shoulders with these people than I'd be like at a mall, right? They're like, oh, you'd be say you're safer in a plane than you are at a mall. It's like, eh, I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, it's a weird one, right? Um, it's a weird one. I mean, I get why people are hesitant to do it. I, I totally get that. I've had so many customers who have that kind of hesitancy, and I just tell people like, it's you know, don't trust the internet, don't trust Twitter or whatever social media you're doing. Like, talk to your actual doctor if you have insurance. And most of us do. And, and, and no one wants to talk to the doctor anyway, right? Like, I don't want to talk to my doctor. Like, I know. Talk to your doctor. Don't answer these questions. And your medical history, your health, all that stuff. I, I mean, I always give my opinion in the shop. You guys heard me say that before. I think everybody should be vaccinated. I've lost customers to COVID. We should all be vaccinated with everything. Get all the damn shots. I mean, get shots for everything. That's that's my gut take on it always. But, you know, personal liberty. We live in a free country. You're allowed to make mistakes, good, bad, or otherwise. You know, everybody's allowed to, to do that. You have so much agency for yourself in this country. But, but like you're saying, when you when you deal with the public or a crowded space, you should you should be careful. You know, you wear a seatbelt when you drive. You stop at red lights. It's all it's like courtesy stuff that we do for other folks, and this is more of the courtesy thing for me. But I, I understand that's hard for some folks. You know, yeah, such a you're <laughs> such a nice guy, Alex. Look at you. <laughs> trying try to just trying to be vanilla about it in a weird way. I mean, I, you got to be reasonable, right? Like, I, I get why. It, there's so many, the most of the takes we see are the extreme takes that takes up all the yeah. bandwidth, you know? It's all, that's reasonable. all it is. You got the 5% from one side, the 5% from the other side that are extreme, and then we got the 90%. All, yeah, we're all in the middle. Just, you know, trying to live their life and just try to get over the hump and, you know, do right by, in society and whatnot, no matter what our yeah. views are. Also, well, no one really, like I say this all the time, right? No one, I think I said this last time, right? Nobody agrees about anything. We should be arguing about music taste and movie taste before we should be arguing about political taste. Always for me, there right? Because, like I tell you, your music taste sucks, bro. Your movie taste sucks. My taste is the best. The Cure's number one band in the world. Everybody knows this is an objective <laughs> fact. <laughs> you know, like, nah, bro, the but, killers, man. And that's what so, I tell you, you know, no, Led Zeppelin, you know, like, no, or Metallica, you know, so. Yeah, but I mean, but we, we all know, like, you don't argue music taste because it's it's dumb. It's a bad look, right? It makes no sense to argue about that stuff. And even, like, the people that are, uh, if we just took the people that believe January 6th was a, a fake election and Biden did not win, if you get those people in a room and you ask them what they think, you're going to hear 100 takes on from those folks. They're Everything, everything is so subjective so fractured there's some commonality like the venn diagram thing that overlaps a little bit right Mm -hmm. but but most of us are in the edges man like no one's right in the middle on everything and we can agree about a lot of stuff but there's always something that pushes you into hypocrite mode or whatever we're all good hypocrites you know yeah everything's got to be like a weird purity test lately and that's like that's garbage shit man it's like that that is so real so unrealistic didn't don't you guys mingle with other people from other walks of life just have a you know, you don't talk about all the dumb stuff. You talk about the stuff in the middle that makes the most sense to, to be cool about. Yeah. But Well, fortunately for us living in California, I think uh, we did do that. You know, going to school with sure. so many different types of people. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you know, of course, genders. And then, uh, you know, we went to high school, shoot, with 20 different races, you know, and we're friends yeah, with most yeah. of them or at least cool with everybody. You know, we right. we knew everybody. We, we've had 
plenty of different foods and experience different music and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, yeah, I mean, like the, the diversity thing, right? Like I, I'm I'm half white, I'm half Korean. That that was new when I was a kid, but it's common now. Um, everybody, like you guys grew up with very diverse groups of school kids. My daughter's going to a very diverse school. Um, it was different when I was a kid. It was almost non-existent for the generations before me. And, and I think like the, the biggest problem we see with all the political backlash these days is it's that last gasp of that generation on their way out. They, they, they're like, they came from the all white, super entitled bullshit thing. All the things we make fun of, right? They came from that world. That world is slowly retreating and dying. And this is that last gasp of them. And then somehow, like, the evangelical movement latched onto Trump and anointed him like the savior. And, you know, I mean, the guy's been divorced, like, a million times. He's been bankrupt, all this stuff. He's not a pious or religious individual. But they, they love that guy on, on the religious side because he's willing to make abortion illegal. And so if they'll agree to that. You get all the other baggage with them, too. And so the conservative side now, which used to be, like, about family values and, and being conservative, is, like, very extreme at this moment, right? Like that's all they kick. Only the extreme people get the airwaves. They get the attention. That's all you hear. The talking points on Fox or OAN or any of those other uh, rubbish channels for me. It's always the extreme right uh, viewpoint, which appeals to like the grandparents in this country, right? It's the grandparents channel, man. And, and that shit's just going away. Mm-hmm. They'll be gone soon. We won't have to worry about it forever. Right. It, it, but it's like, we can't create new races. We got to like, that that shit needs to stop. People need to be accountable for that kind of thinking, like which goes into the Gruden thing we talked about earlier. And Gruden said a bunch of ridiculous stuff and is being held accountable for it. Um, is he the only guy that should get fought in the NFL? Probably not. I mean, you know, his viewpoints, I'm sure, are very common amongst lots of these guys. They they dug up, what, 65,000 emails for the Washington football team. Gruden got popped on that. They should release all the emails. Release If they want to be transparent and, and not just go after Gruden, release everything. Let everybody see where everything is at. Well, you know what? That's a good that's a good segue. Speaking of, sure. you know, digging up skeletons out of closets and stuff, you know, with Dave Chappelle, you know, maybe, maybe not. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think we may or may not have broken news there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but let's get into the NFL. Let's get into some sports. John Gruden, uh, all of that. But first, uh, we are so happy to have Alex from our sponsor, Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California, on the show. Uh, Alex, again, thank you so much uh, for joining the show. Uh, go see him. Go go to Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California tomorrow Friday and Saturday, every Wednesday, Friday and Saturday. Get your books. He can help you out. Anything old, anything new. Get your bags, your boards. Subscribe to any book you want. Go in. It's a great shop. I haven't been there in a long time, and I miss it. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna bite the bullet one of these days, and I'm gonna go come out on a Wednesday. Um, are, there, are there any shops in off. Tracy, Mike? No, there's no shops in Tracy. There. No. Oh, okay. I don't think so. I think when we were looking at a house. Or the, you know what? There might be a house in Tracy, but why? That was your selling point. It needs to have a comic shop. Well, you know what? We, you know what? When we were actually looking for a house, and we were looking in Brentwood. Um, there was no comic book stores in Brentwood. I had to go Antioch. to Antioch. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm not going to Antioch. So, um, <laughs> but you know what? It, it's it's worked out. You know, me, you, me, you and Sean, Mark, that you know, we've we're like two weeks behind now on books. So actually, last week's books that just came on a Wednesday, I'm getting them tomorrow. I won't start reading them until like, you know, Saturday or Sunday or whatever, but I'll be ready for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, so there's, gone are the days of actually reading the books from the very previous week. It's just two weeks. I'm still getting them. I'm still reading them, but it's just just, you know, shifting a week later. There's actually going to be one less comic book store in the 510 area. Also, Mike, I heard uh, the the some news. What's that? Um, At the mall, man. They're going to be oh, closing. Gr- Green Machine. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Oh, also, wow. Torpedo bought uh, Black Cat recently, too, so there's been a little bit of change here locally. Actually, That's tough for those Green Machine guys, man. That sucks. We went to Torpedo in Las Vegas when I went a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and I, had no, and I had no idea that the drummer of System of Down owns that damn store. Yeah, yeah, John Dalmine. I had no idea, and so they were like pretty cool with me. They, you know, um, they took our flyers. They said they're going to give mm. one to him too, to the owner. And like, oh yeah, we're opening one up in San Jose. We're like San Jose. I'm like, yeah, you know, Black Cat. I'm like, that's Milpitas. That's like mm-hmm. not very far at all from where you know from where yeah. I'm from. It's like literally 10, 15 minutes away. But what I'm thinking is too is that's also a small shop, isn't it? Isn't Black Cat kind of a small little building? You know, they yeah. bought some building marketing team that I hadn't gone to it because of COVID and stuff. But um, I love those guys. That was a great shop, man. I'm very yeah. happy for them. They're retiring. Uh, they made a lot of sense. I know John. I've sold John books. I bought books off of John. I was uh, neighbors with him for years at, at Big Wow in, in uh, San Jose for, for a few years there. So um, nice. it's, it's a good move for him. Uh, I was surprised uh, to hear it, of course, I and mean, most people. But um, I'm sure he'll do very well with that shop. He's a very, he's a very good conflict guy. Um, but I don't, I don't know how big a, I know they built their own building, which is awesome. That's like the oh, best cool. way to do that stuff. So it's, okay. it's, it's then, like right yeah. on the main, it wasn't the one right on the main street by the, by the great mall. That's the one that I went to a couple years ago. Yeah. Isn't it right oh, next door to a bar? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The galaxy bar, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no. That's my actual, yeah, my, that was, my, my cousin's husband is friends with the, with the, the, the then owners, I guess, Francine. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Mark. yeah, yeah. Nice. Sucks, man. Yeah, they were, I mean, they were least, super cool, man. At least one's getting bought out by uh, the drummer of System of a Down and not <laughs> actually going down in business, and at least they'll be yeah. able to stay alive, so that's always good to hear. The Green Machine one's tough. Those guys were always cool. I don't know them very well. Uh, operating the mall is a tough one, though. I, I've been contacted by the mall multiple times to move the shop there, and I didn't want to be open during mall hours every day and all that kind of thing. And That's not appealing to me at all. That mall is also in a transition. I mean, it's that's a dirt mall, man. It's it needs to be revamped. I heard oh. what houses are moving there, and so. and it, you know what the problem with that mall, I feel so bad for it too, is because it was bought out by Westfield, the company that owns uh, Valley Fair down in San Jose, yeah. real nice company, and it seemed like they were starting to turn it around. You know, New Park Mall was starting to look better. They were getting new stores in there, and then the pandemic hit, and it just killed yeah. the mall, dude. It just went, it reverted back to that old you it know it's so dead when i go in there i went in there uh, like a few weeks ago it's so dead it's it's a oh, ghost yeah. town in there dude yeah yeah well most like 80s man there's that, that whole idea i think is done you know you see like the the city walks like you know all over la or it, the, the santana um, row santana row or even you know the one in fremont right there off of the durham you know that that, that kind mm. of thing the outdoor mall i think is more appealing and more more of a modern take indoor malls seem very dated to me yeah saved by, so, <laughs> save by the bill i love going to the livermore outlets mm, okay i love those ones those the outdoor outlets really cool mm-hmm. they have a disney store too so i can you know spend a good you know 20 30 minutes and spend store, hundreds man. of dollars for my <laughs> kids you know god just get sucked well, into that place four dollars a minute you're in there <laughs> i know right um i love the right. store and lego store damn it both the stores are great oh i know i know i know <laughs> i i just saw the i sent mark and sean uh, they just released um a bunch of lego um you know like the batmobile like from the batman movie and i'm like dude the batmobile from the yeah. new movie oh my god it looks so badass i was like yeah. it's 100 bucks i was like if you guys are thinking about giving me a gift for christmas <laughs> here's an idea you know right uh, man well okay cool so let's actually get into sports <laughs> so 
the NFL. So week five was last week, week six. Um, Alex, let's talk about your Rams real quick before we get into anything. Um, They look like the team and then they lost to the Cardinals who now look like the team. So, I mean, and then with injuries, um, you know, with injuries, now the Seattle Seahawks and 49ers look like the team who are going to be fighting for last place. So, you know, at the beginning of the year, when when Vegas says it's the 49ers by a slim margin over the Rams and the Seahawks and the Cardinals, mm-hmm. it's completely flipped around. And now the 49ers might be, you know, fighting for that last place spot with their rookie quarterback playing right now. Who knows how long Jimmy G's out? But you know what? I think the Rams and Cardinals are the two teams, and I think they're going to they're going to be in a dogfight the whole year for that division. Well, Cardinal. I mean, I you know, Cardinals look awesome in that game. They 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 took it to the Rams pretty hard. I, that that's uh, I think Mark and I talked about this. The Rams to me are a good team. Obviously, I'm I'm a I'm a fan. It's my team since I was a kid. Uh, Sean McVay is a really smart coach. I think there's a weird lack of uh, humility on the offense, though. It's weird. Like we don't we don't run the ball very well. I made this. I think you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, Mark. It's like you know. We got all these offensive weapons. It's obviously a passing game now with the way they favor the offense, the pass interference rules and stuff. And, um, you know, people want to see scoring, so I get it. But, you know, it's all about throwing that ball downfield, getting the vertical game going, scoring on quick, quick plays. And, um, I'm old, man. So I like old football. I like running the ball first. I like power football. I like, I like traditional football, I guess. And I like when you control the clock and you can dictate terms of the other team. And you do that, I think, by running the ball very well and passing very well also. And the Rams get. They haven't done that since Gurley left. Right, know? exactly, right? I mean, but it, it's not just with Gurley. It was like when we had, you know, Jerome Bettis or Steven Jackson. You get all these killer running backs back there, and we still just are hot on the quarterback, hot on receivers. And it's it, it's tough, right, because it's modern football, but it's like, man, guys, you know, you want to see a little bit more balance. And, and, you know, there's that thing where, I mean, Stafford can throw the ball over the field and we can score in a hurry. So it's like like Kansas City, who got away with it for the last couple of years and is getting called on it now. They don't have a defense, and that's it's got them completely exposed in these games. Um, I mean, sure, you could score 35 points on offense, but if you give up 35 points on defense, you're probably losing that game, dude. You know, they're, they're, it's just teams are taking it to them, mm-hmm. and it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, it, football's a defensive game for sure. You know, you get teams like uh, – Pittsburgh or Seattle, who've done very, very well historically with having strong defenses, and and I, I love the way the Steelers play ball. I love the way the Seahawks play ball. I think Russell Wilson's one of the top quarterbacks in this league. I was surprised he he tore the tendon, I guess, on his middle finger. I thought he broke the finger on the throw when when I watched the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the finger wouldn't lift, I thought for sure it was broken. But I don't know the extent of the injury. Um, it's tough, right? Seattle's their defense sucks now, right? Their offensive line is is pretty bad. They don't have good tight end play. They they rely on like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett who are both ridiculous downfield receivers but outside of that they became pretty one-dimensional you know like like the Niners I feel like especially you know what they lose all these running backs they have and the Niners just turn through running backs and you lose Kittle tight end who gets a lot of looks on offense and you got a couple guys on the outside and uh, guys aren't catching the ball like uh Ayuk isn't catching the ball very well um probably doesn't help he hasn't had a consistent quarterback back there but the Niner defense was on full display against the Cardinals, right? That defense showed up. So the Niner defense is super legit, very, very good thing. Uh, but the Niner offense is struggling. I mean, when they when they give up all those picks to grab Trey Lance in the draft, I was teasing all my Niner guys, like, man, you guys just pulled a Rams move. That's what the Rams do. <laughs> yeah. That's a desperation move. You know, yeah. When the Rams got Stafford, they were I felt they were a little desperate. They, it didn't quite click with Goff, which, although McVay is supposed to be a, a quarterback whisperer. He couldn't craft an offense that fit his quarterback. So they they swung swung for the fences and got Stafford, who's like 
Brett Favre Jr., right? He's going to throw the ball over the damn place. He's going to challenge defenses. He's going to air it out. He'll throw picks. Um, but we'll, we'll score. And especially like a two-minute drill, they, they know Stafford was probably going to get you downfield to put you in a scoring position or, or put points on the board. And Goff wasn't scary in a two-minute drill. He wasn't scary at all, actually, right? Very yeah. calm. He wants these quarterbacks to be calm. Golf seemed a little bit too calm sometimes, right? Didn't it yeah, seem like he had that killer instinct? Yeah, because all Stafford has to do is imagine himself in Detroit down 15, 16, 17 oh, yeah. points, and he would yeah. always – they call him Matt Pad Stafford. You know, yes, like, you yes. have him as a fantasy quarterback. He'd always be a top 8 to 12 fantasy quarterback because, yes. you know, his team would be 4-12 and 12 every year, but he'd throw for yeah. damn near 5,000 yards because he was chucking right. it up in the last five minutes of every damn game. Garbage Kirk Cousins time. is like that for me. Yeah, yeah. Kirk Cousins has the stats. Pretty, he throws the ball very well late in games, and um, it's tough. I mean, the Rams are, you know, the, the NFC West became a like a black and blue division. The defenses are all super legit in that division. Um, Russell Wilson's amazing. Kyler Murray looks awesome in that Rams game. I mean, he, you know, the Rams had always played him tough until that game. He came out and smoked us. And um, you know, we changed our defensive coordinators. We got Raheem Morris calling the shots. Now we're moving Jalen Ramsey around as like a wild card in the defense on the secondary. Um, and that's cool. But you know, when he moves around like that, that definitely puts a hot read where he's not. And, and guys are run the ball on us pretty well. Every team's run the ball very well on the Rams this year. I know, I know it's early and it feels like defense is the first quarter of the league three, you know, first quarter of the season, they maybe take, take a month or two to, to solid, get solid. But the Rams defense, especially like up the middle, like on options and draws, looks like super weak to me. Linebackers aren't tackling. You got to rely on safeties to come and make those hits. They, they're getting like, you know, eight, 10 yards on a, on a carry against the Rams. And that did not happen at all last year. I mean, we just get so many yards on the ground this year, yeah. but plenty of time turnaround. I mean, the offense is going to hang points up. We had that, we had one, one really bad game. Everything else is pretty, pretty okay. So, yeah, true, true. Uh, Alex, ahead, what do you think the way of the league? Something that obviously I've noticed, I'm sure both of you guys have as well. I know Mike has because we talked about it. And, you know, it kind of it's kind of a two part question here, but kind of mixed into one. You know, with this whole Gruden thing happening, he's kind of on the older end of, you know, the head coach and age wise. Mm -hmm. We still got, you know, Andy Reid and and Kansas City. We still got a couple of coaches that are Belichick and Pete Carroll, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think it kind of started. Maybe, you know, even with the with the Steelers when they got Tomlin when he was younger and whatnot. But mm-hmm. you really see it. The Rams with the young Sean McVay, uh, the mm-hmm. Chargers are doing great with their right. uh, new coach. Cincinnati. And Cincinnati yep. with Zach Taylor and, and you know, Green Bay. They Green got Bay. the mm-hmm. other young yep, guy yep. as well. And it's just to me, I feel it's just the way of the league right now. The NFL has aligned themselves so much more. And I know Alex does not like watching college football. And I talk about it in shape <laughs> right. times, but they have aligned and they have aligned themselves, in my opinion, so much with uh, with the way of the college game, you know, and trying to get mm-hmm. these college coaches that understand these speedy youngsters that are coming out of college and these new game plans. So what are your thoughts on, you know, the Raiders obviously finding a new mm-hmm. coach and for you, Mike, who do you think that they should get? That's our question for you guys. And another one is what do you guys Russell think? Russell Wilson. About- they should get Russell Wilson <laughs> for a coach. <laughs> for a coach. No, no, for, for quarterback. Oh. I'm just throwing that out there. And then the <laughs> other part I wanted to ask you guys is what about like, do you think that coincides with the way the game is being played with so many coaches and so many teams going for it on like fourth, down like it'll be fourth and 
three, fourth and four from their own 45, 40. And you're seeing so many. I mean, back in the day, I used to watch football my whole life. And, you know, you had a fourth and four on your own 45. You're punting it 99 percent of the time unless it's yeah, like you want to lock him in the five. You want to pin him in the five for sure. At yeah. that point, right? And now it's just it seems the like coffin, the norm. coffin kick. It seems like the norm. What do you guys think? Do you guys say it's a product of these younger coaches coming over from college? The game's just evolving. Um, it's just I think it's metrics. Yeah, I also think it's a combination of these of these quarterbacks. They're very unpredictable. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. You don't know. It could be a bootleg. It could be a little dump off, a screen pass. It could be any type of uh, of play. It doesn't have to be just like either just a draw right. play with Tom Brady or he just drops back like a five you know five step drop and then he's gonna throw it somewhere. It can be like a dozen other plays. So, you know, yeah. Or anything like that. I think the, I think the Dodgers have just won. They've taken game four from the giants. So Alex is very happy. His Dodgers have beaten the giants. So we will get what game five, probably what in two days, Thursday, Thursday, Yeah, Thursday in San Francisco. That's good. Sean didn't, that's good. Sean didn't record tonight. Yeah. Right. He can enjoy his vacation in Pismo, you know, and then come back and watch that game five. But no, um, go ahead, Alex. That, that's my take. Uh, I mean, God, I, I, I'm just going to pile on that one. I think uh, part of it is like the quarterback play, right? I think it's all predicated off quarterback play. You have these really talented physical quarterbacks who can run the ball. There's like a, they were option type quarterback in, in college. They got wheels on them, right? I mean, the thing, like I told you before, the, the, when I watch college football, it seems so slow to me because when the guys come off the edge or when they get downfield, the pro game is just much faster, right? Defensive ends are much faster to me. feels like I don't watch college enough. I only watch during bowl season if I'm, if I'm curious about guys coming out in the draft. But um, pro level so fast. There's speed all over the field now at every position, right? Like linemen get down, what, in four sevens, four eights. It's ridiculous, right? Everybody's so fast. So you get these quarterbacks are very mobile. They come out. And traditionally, you always had to put a, a spy on them in, in the defense, right? And that took part of your defense away. So the, the game has changed, right? Because now you've got a quarterback who can make the swing plays, get out there, extend the pocket, move everything around. They're crazy athletic. So the game got fast. Quarterback position play is fast. People are impatient. I think part of it as well. People are actually scoring. So, and the game's been they – want, they want to push an exciting football game, right? They want to put points up. They want to dominate on, on offense and dictate terms and put points up on the TV so people don't, don't stop watching. I think yep. it's a combination of all those damn things, you know? It's – but the, I mean, God, the play at football, I mean, all the young coaches, I think they're definitely, I mean, it's like the changing of the guard again, just like in the world, right? Like the old things are going away. Things are being remixed often by younger generations and just tweaking things a little bit and making, just giving it new life, right? Football has, I mean, God, we could, we could go all day long about all the, 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 the rule changes that have happened that favor the offense and stuff. And, but it, it, it's constantly changing. It's gotten so good. I mean, you see just so much speed on the field at every position, like I said, and coaches got to maximize that speed, right? If you've got a quarterback like Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes is God, probably number one quarterback, right? That guy's something else. He can run all over the field. He can release the ball at every angle. I mean, that's tough to defend. I mean, he's, he's, he's releasing the ball a little too low lately, resulting in a lot of picks, but that, that can be coached and fixed up. But he's got so much ability and trust in his arm. Because he, he killed with it in college, right? So he gets to the pro level, and he still makes dudes look like fools. So if you're a coach like Andy Reid, who's really good with quarterbacks, going back to like the San Francisco era, and you get a mobile quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, it basically, to me, was like the best version of Donovan McNabb he'd ever had. Um, you know, McNabb was kind of that same guy, but looked so slow compared to Mahomes, right? Or Michael Vick was the next step after that, right? Who 
even Michael Vick looks terribly slow compared to the, the pace of today's game. It, it's, it's just a trip how much it's changed, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of going back to like what the Warriors organization did too. I mean, say what you want, but the Warriors kind of changed the game. I mean, the way it's oh, evolved totally with that three-point yep. shot and just, yep. you know, the analytics of going for threes instead of twos and whatnot mm-hmm. and the math behind it all. I mean, yeah, the game just evolves in all types of sports. And we know that it's like you mentioned, it's uh, more geared, all these rules towards making more off the offense better and you know, yeah, it's yeah. just it's uh, and you mentioned like the you mentioned the linemen running like four whatever's in the 40s. And it's true. Mm-hmm. I remember I, I would say probably still like offensive linemen are still kind of like big and chunky. But you see these defensive linemen now, man. I mean, mm-hmm. they're like linebackers pretty much. You don't got like those mm-hmm. big, huge, you know, cornbread fed, just 400 pounders on the line that can't like have a good uh, pass rush. It's all mm-hmm. about the pass rush. It's all about the speed. It's all about the little spin and swin move mm-hmm. like Crosby and Khalil Mack are always doing sure. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the game has just I mean, done evolve, yeah, man. It, these these coaches, I mean, especially these owners, they want to they're putting a lot of money up to get these players, sure. get these coaches. And it's they got to evolve. You can't be left behind in the dust while all these other teams just keep progressing. Right. So yeah, totally you, have to, you see all these quarterbacks who can run now, you know, yeah. so you have to yeah. get those, you know, a little bit lighter, more athletic guys who can get to the quarterback a lot quicker and make him uncomfortable. You know, a lot of these guys who are, who can run, you know, they've seen if you get hands in the face of Mahomes, you get if you put, you know, Lamar Jackson on his ass a few times, it changes the way they, you know, that they play. You, you know, gotta they're, 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 they're weary of who's coming on the blind side, you know. You got to have defensive ends on the edge that when Mahomes gets the edge or gets loose and goes wide, that someone can chase them down. Those older big guys, they're just good for some pushing. And like, you know, once the quarterback got on the edge, I mean, there was nothing that you could do. You know, at least some of these guys, they break free, they read the run option plays, and they 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 run with the quarterback to the sidelines, try to push mm-hmm. him out for less yardage. So, I mean, it, like you're saying, if you know it's a passing play, right? You you got your passing defense in, those guys are going to get to the quarterback, right? You got a running play, you got your running guys in, who are going to clog the holes and get to the running back, right? But you got a running quarterback in a passing play. Now you got to do both. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not just playing a dime defense. You're getting an extra guy down there to. to to, to look and peek on that quarterback and stuff. And if the guy's getting to the edge, you want to contain, but you, these guys are, I mean, God, quarterback play is ridiculous, man. Even like Josh Allen is ridiculous. That dude's something else right now. It's just that hurdle. Up. The hurdle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that what do you do? What do you do? That, that team is this year's chiefs because their defense is playing outrageous as well. While, while Kansas city's defense is giving up some points, you know, oh, yeah. I was pissed like a couple weeks ago, you know, I, I was kind of forced to take, you know, uh, the Texans at plus 16. Mm. I was like, oh yeah, NFL team plus 16, no problem. And it's raining. Oh, it's gonna, they're going to run the ball. <laughs> it's going to be like a, it's right. going to be like a 16 to seven game. Nope. 40 to nothing. I was like, come nope. on. I was like, take dude, the over. This, just, if yeah. it's Kansas city, just take the over. <laughs> exactly. If it's bills, take the over. Kansas city, take the over. Exactly. So, right. So what we like to do, um, Alex, what we've been doing since week two, we started yes. is the Comic Bookies Super Con uh, Test. And what we've also invited okay. is for fans to join in as well, just to DM us or, you know, send, send us um, 
an email uh, their top four picks against the spread every week in the NFL, and then we'll keep track and send someone a nice little prize pack at the end of the season. But so far, after now four weeks, so week two through five, uh, Sean is in first place at eight, seven, and one. So not bad for like an actual professional gambler. You want to play at what? Yeah. What, what was the percentage mark? About 55, 56% you want to play at for professional gambling? That's, yeah, I mean, no, they say. No, they say. I mean, if they nah professionals probably closer to about 60 63 ish 64 but they say if you're getting if you're winning 55 56 percent of your bets man that's pretty pretty good okay i mean that's okay. that's and then mark is just below professional he is seven eight and one and then <laughs> myself i am in the amateur hour um i am four ten and one so uh, i mean sorry four ten and two <laughs> so i've not been doing very well so, um, but actually Mark gained, uh, a game on Sean last week. He went three and one in his picks. So what we do is whoever did better in the picks from the previous week, they get to go first regardless of overall standings. So this week Mark gets to go first, Sean is second and I am third because I lost the Ravens game because apparently I haven't picked the Ravens all, all year yet. And Lamar Jackson <laughs> does amazing on, you know, prime time and he, and he waited till, you know, the very end of the game and only won by six and not eight. Right. Oh, by the way, before we get into anything, we're not really going to get into it tonight, but it's phenomenal to see the NHL back on ESPN. And, oh, I, yeah. and I saw an actual few minutes of the new Seattle Kraken play, the Las yeah. Vegas Golden Knights. That was pretty dope. Right. So right. go ahead, Trying Mark. Trying to keep it close. I mean, right? what is it, four to three? It was four to three. It's final. I'm surprised. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought they were going to – man, they came back. They were down three to nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so four or three uh, nights take it, uh, the first game of the regular season. Let's see, um, the, let's see what the Kraken can do. I'm not too fond of their that color on their jerseys. Oh, I love it. Oh, I like it. I think, <laughs> I think the home jerseys with like the really dark blue with the logo is going to look way better than the whites. That's yeah. how we feel about the Sharks colors. The black or the really, really dark teal are way better than the all whites. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Mark, go ahead. Your first step this week. And then, Alex, you can go ahead and comment on any of our picks. You can throw out some picks yourself, like your top four. It doesn't have to be, you know, like going with what we are going. Sure. So, like, okay. Like, you know, what do you, What we usually do is we look on the current line on ESPN. That's what I go off of. Okay, gotcha. I'm going to go, man, kind of tough, but let's go. I'm actually, this is kind of, you guys aren't going to like me for this one, but let's go with the Titans here. <laughs> Let's go with okay. the Titans plus six. Why am I not going to like you for this one? Oh, God, Bills. So anyone can go Ooh. against me on this one, but I just Man. think that we're going to have a little come down here, guys, from the Bills. Obviously, that was a revenge game for them last week at Kansas yeah. City, and they played their butts off. They got the win. They they, you know, they beat down the boss at the last level of the game, right? It was, this was like this is the, the the game that they felt they had to conquer to kind of propel themselves to the next level. It's only natural now that they're gonna kind of let their guard down, in my opinion. It's a second game on the road, and they have to go play a primetime game in Tennessee. Am I that fond of how Tennessee has been playing lately this year? No. They had a good but showing Derek out. Henry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but they had a good <laughs> showing. They had a good showing out in Jacksonville. I mean, that's not saying too much, but I think that Tennessee coming home prime time, you know, uh, I think that bodes well for them from a 
Buffalo Bills team that's going to be kind of somewhat in a letdown spot here, guys. So give me the Tennessee Titans right now. The line's plus six. I wish we were recording this later on in the day because I'm sure a lot of money is going to be funneling in to the Buffalo Bills. And I'm sure that that number might tick up a little bit to six and a half or seven. But we're doing this on Tuesday and the line that I'm getting right now is six. So let's go ahead and give me that uh, that 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 six, Mike. Where are you getting it from? Because I have plus five and a half on ESPN. I got Bovada. So. Okay. Mm. Okay, so Sean's first pick is going to be, because we'll just go down what he, you know, he usually gives us, you know, like one through nine or 12 or whatever. So he's taking the Packers visiting in a division game in Chicago. See, that's that line mm. looks kind of looks kind of weird. Like Packers only minus four and a half. But all right, he wants that one. They were all. <laughs> They all, the Bears were also yeah. five and a five and a half against the Raiders, and we saw what happened there. Dude, Bears gonna get it up for Aaron Rodgers, man. They love tackling that dude. I yeah. don't know. I say the Bills are tough too, because like the Tennessee game, right? Who who does Tennessee have to throw to? Aren't both receivers out? Yeah, I think or um, it's uh, what's his name? Brown AJ and Julio. Brown, Brown and Julio, out, right? Julio yeah. Jones was out last week. I don't know if he's going to be out this week. I'd imagine that if he, I mean, maybe that is why the line is so lot, uh, high. I didn't even think about that. Thanks, right. Alex. I mean, Derek Henry. Now, now I'll retract. <laughs> right. I'll still so, stick with it. So my pick, my first pick is we usually see the, we usually see the blowouts. We usually see like one-sided games. I'm always going to say it was actually a close game in London, but for the first couple of years they've been doing games in London or mm-hmm. on Thursday night football we've been seeing these blowouts. And agree, so yeah. uh, even though he's on the road, um, you know I'm going to take Tom Brady and I'm going to take the Buccaneers visiting Philadelphia and they're giving a touchdown. So I'm going to go ahead and take Tampa Bay minus seven. Usually when it's that mm-hmm. high I like to go the underdog, but Philadelphia is just hit or miss for me. Tampa Bay is still one of the better teams in the NFC, and it's Tom in prime time. So I'm Dude, taking Tom Brady the best. I'm taking TB12 on prime time minus did some, seven. Did, gotcha. someone get, did someone get injured in that in Carolina for for Carolina against last week against Philly because Philly ended up getting that win, right? Yes. And so Philly ended um, up. Getting, still out, right? Well, McCaffrey's still out, right? Yeah. Now yeah. I see Carolina's line is low. It's only it's a plus one. The Vikings, after having three straight wins at or three straight home games, now the Vikings are going on the road and only laying one. I thought the I mean, why is that line fishy? The Panthers should be favorite in my opinion. At home, that's, yeah, that's true. So that's if that line is making me think that someone is hurt. The Panthers plus one. They've been pretty damn good this year, in my opinion, mm-hmm. better than the Vikings. The Vikings had to kick a 50-something yarder last week with three seconds left after giving a touchdown up to Jared Goff and a two-point conversion with 30 seconds left. So, I mean, they're barely winning these games. Same thing mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, they lost the week before to uh, and showed no offense against the Browns. And I just don't see how the hell the Vikings are favorite here. So something tells me that the Panthers might have a hurt quarterback. I, don't, I haven't heard anything of Darnold, but it's kind of weird that they're underdogs, huh? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your what's your second pick? And then Alex, you can throw any any other games that you like, you know, as far I'm gonna as I'm going to go total hometown, man. Like Rams, I got 12 Rams over the Giants, I'll take that. <laughs> Jeez, laying the wood, huh? I'm only laying <laughs> you're only laying 10 and a half right now when it comes I to I see that uh, I see it on ESPN, yeah, 10 and yeah. a half on ESPN. In New York, huh? 
In New York. I know. We don't travel well. I'm just going to go with it because we got Stafford. And... <laughs> there you go. After the Giants coming off that division. I bet you, they, that I bet division. you we run the ball, though. Sonny Michelle, run that ball, man. Run yep. the ball, Rams. So I'm going to go, actually, Mike, for my second pick. Let's go with – I want to go – man, let me see. I'm only seeing 14 games. Are there, like, a bunch of teams, like four teams on a bye this week? Let's go with the Houston Texans, man. <laughs> Why are the Houston Texans? Niners are on bye, right? Niners got a bye. Oh, yeah, huh? Here we go. Falcons, Saints, Jets, Niners, yeah. Okay. Why, you're you're taking the Texans? Oh, my why God. Why do the Houston Texans keep getting love, man? They keep getting love. Plus nine and a half. Okay. Divisional game, Indianapolis Colts lost a uh, heartbreaker, right? They let Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, what's his damn name? Can't even think of his name right now. Last night, Mr. Number eight for the Ravens come oh, Lamar back. Jackson. Yeah. Lamar, yeah, Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Mr. Jackson. I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> right that's what they were saying last night but yeah they, they were what what up 22 to something mar jackson comes back to tie it up and here we are uh indianapolis they are not a good team they should not be laying nine and a half to anybody i know houston's not a good team but with divisional foes um playing in that's, a dome yeah. i can see houston keeping it close so nine okay. and a half give me the candy baby Sean's actually going to take is going to go with the game that you were just talking about, Mark. He's going to take the Carolina Panthers in plus one. Oof. Trap, buddy. <laughs> That's way too low for my liking. <laughs> All right. What's my next pick? You know, like my first thought of making these picks, I always want to go, you know what? Screw it. I'm taking the Broncos minus three and a half because if the Raiders cover, then they then they might win. So if it's like, oh, I lose the game on the super contest, but the Raiders win. And then if I, you know, and then but if the Broncos cover, then at least I win the game, I guess. So it's like a moral victory. I, I don't know. I don't know. Tough one. I know. I know. Um, the Raiders actually might play pretty good this week, man. I was telling you that, Mike, earlier before we got on. They have to playing have for to John. Out. Yep. Yep. Playing for JG. We at least I think one Carl of the players just I think uh, Mullen Mullen or someone posted on uh, Instagram like don't worry you know JG like we'll finish it for you or something like that mm. like so some of his players like you know have his back on his way out so hmm let's see here I'm gonna go ooh that's actually a decent okay they're not gonna go undefeated all year this team they're not gonna go undefeated ooh. the Cardinals ooh. they're not and the Browns. I picked Cleveland last week, you know, and it was a tough, it was a tough beat. Um, I'm going to go Cleveland minus two and a half to, to, you know, at home, coming home and the Cardinals have to travel, you know, to the, you know, Eastern times. I think Cleveland's in the Eastern time zone. I think so. But uh, traveling three times, you know, two time zones away or three time zones away, excuse me, I'm going to take Cleveland minus two and a half over the Cardinals. And now we will have the 19, whatever, 72 Dolphins, all those guys who aren't dead yet can pop champagne. Mm. <laughs> Wait, I, then, like I want to take the flip side. I'll take Arizona plus two and a half. Kyler oh. Murray is ridiculous. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you're staying in division now. You're going the Rams, and now you're going the Cardinals. Okay. You think it's going to be high scoring like it was with the Browns and the Chargers last week, 42 to 41 or whatever it was? Oh my God, Man. that was insane. Man, usually the week after a big blow game, the defense is batting yeah. up a little. They tighten up yeah. a little bit, right? So, and yeah. Carolina, or, uh, sorry, Carolina, Cardinals have a really good defense as well. Yeah. Mark, your third pick. 
Mm, my third pick, let's go with... Mm, I'm going <laughs> to... Let's go with the Detroit Lions, man. Mm-hmm. You know, Detroit won that one last week. One. I mean, dude, they got to win eventually. Bengals, though. Bengals, that's going to be tough. So man. they lost to the Ravens on that oh, tough kick. On the, on the record-breaking six-starter, oh. right? And then they should have won, like I just mentioned last week, when they came down and scored that touchdown to, you know, get in mm-hmm. with the point, and they went for the two-point conversion instead of tying it up. You know, they had it won, and then Kirk Cousins came down with 30 seconds left. But, I mean, they're, they're, they've been knocking on the door at, the, at, at a win. You got the Cincinnati Bagels coming off that long, long overtime game against the Packers that no team, no kicker could win it for them. You know, five missed, mm-hmm, five mm-hmm. missed field goals collectively between both teams overtime. Nobody <laughs> wanted to win it. So they're going to be tired by playing pretty much an extra quarter of football. You know, I just think that I, I like Detroit here, man. I wish it was yeah, four. But it's in Detroit. It's in Detroit, though. They're going to lose at home, right? I just feel like they're going to lose at home, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> they can lose. They'll win, they'll win on the road. Their first win one on the road, you know, right. away from the fans. That's not going to go. Just, they can lo- just yeah, don't they can lose. lose by three. They can lose by three for Mark. <laughs> but, you know, the, <laughs> the crazy stat is I don't understand how anybody can put up with this team. How could you be a fan of the Detroit Lions? They have only made. I think they won the Super Bowl before it was the Super Bowl. It was like the football championship or whatever. The championship, the, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. 50s. Ever since they won that championship in the 50s, your Detroit Lions have only made one playoff appearance. One. And that right. was like in 93 when they had Barry Sanders Barry, or yeah. something. And mm-hmm. I, think it, I think they lost. They've only mm-hmm. played yeah. one playoff game in over 50 years. How could you be – How? We talk about our teams, Mike. Jesus. You just fall back on being like a Red Wings fan, I guess. Like, oh, we have the Red Wings. Or not currently, but we did. (laughs) They're just Um, not committed, man. That that team's been happy to coast, it feels like to me, in a weird way, right? What a waste of a career by Calvin Johnson also, man. But what about, the, what about the whole city of Cleveland? Before LeBron brought the Cavaliers a championship, the Indians haven't won since like the late 40s or 50s, and then yeah. the Browns have never won one. I don't even think they've been to a Super Bowl ever. And then, and then you have the Cavaliers who didn't win anything until LeBron brought them their first one. So you want to talk about just a sad sack of crap city for sports-wise. Cleveland's well, where because, you is sad. Well, it's like Cleveland. It's, it's Skyline Chili. Right? They take the chili, they put it over the spaghetti noodle. That's what they do in Cleveland. It's because that dish is like that. that just fucking sunk them right there. I'm just gonna put that out the ether, man. You know, like. Oh man. Well, in gonna... the Bay Area, at least we got you know Mrs. Style burritos, and that just that just rocks like rock paper scissors, rock shampoo. Mrs. Style burritos pops almost everything, right? So hell yeah, dude, the best. <laughs> um, so going with um a team going against a team who can't stay, you know, undefeated. I'm gonna go, Mark. I'm gonna go with you. I'm pick another team. They gotta win. They have to win. <laughs> They have to win. It's an in-state rivalry. I'm going to go don't, with the Jacksonville don't. Jaguars. I'm going to go Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to say plus three and a half at home against the Dolphins for the Jacksonville It's actually Jaguars. not at home, though. It's in London. So. London, oh, never right. mind. Oh, don't God. be mistaken. It's not in It's not in Saxonville. I think – isn't Jacksonville the one team, though, where like whenever they go to, to England, they dominate? They're, they're like they, There's one team that whenever they go to, uh, to London, well, they, they actually play pretty year. well. Huh? So that's before Urban Meyer year. made the stop in Ohio. I know, I, I know. I know. What, Chad Khan owns like Arsenal or something, right? But um, Urban Meyer oh. sunk that team, dude. And, 
Yeah. Con owns what's it called? Uh, Newcastle is it Newcastle? No, Newcastle just it was a new owner. It's um. Okay. But yeah, he but does. Arsenal's what? Someone owns what is it? Stan Kroenke or the Glazers, owner, right? Stan Kroenke. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, Arsenal. yeah. yeah. Right. So right. you know what? Screw it. I'm still doing that. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> not a you know another team that needs to win. They got that good aura with them when they fly across the pond. Hey, why not? Like you're probably wishing it was four, like I was wishing that the uh, yeah that the Lions is four, but my headphones whatever. are dying. I'm All right, <laughs> uh, Alex, do you have a pick? Mark, uh, think about your last pick. Can I give an easy one? I'm gonna say Pittsburgh over Seahawks at home for Pittsburgh. That seems like okay. That. You don't like Geno Smith, huh? <laughs> I do, but I think he's like guaranteed to send one to the defense, like guaranteed to throw a pick. I mean, I was waiting for it in the Rams game when he came in. I was like, he marched, he you know scored that quick touchdown on us, and I was like, God damn! But I was like, wait a second, he always throws a pick. He guaranteed throws a pick. So, so you're still staying within the division. You didn't take the team, but you're staying within the division. Now oh, you can't. You're right, huh? Wait, let me get out of there. Wait, let me get out of there. I'll, I can shoot somebody else. I'm gonna say Chargers over Ravens. Chargers over Ravens. Okay, so before I pick my Jacksonville pick, that's who Sean picked, by the way. So after <laughs> Mark, you picked Detroit. Sean picked the Chargers, and I picked Jacksonville. So, Mark, your fourth pick. Let's go. Yeah, Justin Herbert kid is ridiculous, man. Dude, yeah, he might. Awesome. Damn. Man, no disrespect to awesome. Mahomes, but man. No, no, Herbert, totally agree. Jeez. Yeah. I know. He's pretty nasty right now, that freaking kid. No, he's, he's, he's clicking, man. It's awesome. Good highlights. I'm going to go with the Patriots here, man. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> the Dallas has just been – it's just they've been running over everybody, man. It's just – it's been too easy for them. I feel this league, like like you said, Alex, it's just a lot of parody. Everybody's so fast. Mm-hmm. Every, I mean, I, I, can you keep running over teams over and over? Yeah, of course you can. But I think going up to New England, I think Dallas has had a couple straight home games in that dome in Jerry's world. If I'm not mistaken, I think that there's been something coming out with the whole email stuff with J- about Jerry Jones as oh, well. Really? So there <laughs> might be a little black cloud surrounding yeah. that team going up to New England. So uh, I'll take the Patriots here. Not that I'm too fond of them playing a tight game in Houston, but because they did play a tight game, maybe Belichick helps them get their heads out of their asses a little bit better this week and uh, prepare. But let's go with the Patriots. Defense is always good. Yeah, the Patriots, man. And Mac Jones isn't no slouch either, you know. I think for a young quarterback, he doesn't look as mobile as I wish a young my young quarterback could be. But I mean, I think he's doing pretty good. I'm with you on that. He looks really good to me too. So Sean's next pick, he's gonna go opposite of me in the Miami Jacksonville game. He's gonna take Miami minus three and a half. So we have the in state rivalry in London. And I can't believe both of us are actually going to play this game. Who's the quarterback for Miami in that game? That's it's uh, Brissett. Jacoby. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Jokey Brissett. But I was actually, <laughs> but I was actually going to say something before we, you even mentioned Miami for Sean, and that was about quarterbacks, Mac Jones, and how even Justin Fields is might be coming on a little bit mm. here, but it was against the Raiders as we saw. But one quarterback. That I'm not too sold on yet. I saw, you know, I actually love Joe Burrow for Cincinnati. I think that him and Jamar Chase, the receiver that was his college receiver in LSU that they won the championship mm-hmm. with, I think that they're clicking. I really love Burrow. 
I like what I'm seeing from Mac Jones, love Herbert, you know, but the one quarterback that I still am questionable on that I don't know how good they're going to be. And I don't really expect too much from them in their career, sadly, but unfortunately is Tua. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. What, do you guys have any thoughts on Tua? I just think that what I've seen from him so far is just a, I think he's too vanilla kind of when he plays. I don't see too much fire in him. I don't know what it is. There's just something about Tua, although I loved him in college. I love the kid that he is, his personality. It's just I don't know if he's got that fire in him to put him on that elite level, man. Your thoughts real quick. Sorry. I mean, I kind of jumble him with uh, him and um, Jalen Hurts. You know, like I'm not really sure about those two guys yet, you know? Yeah. But Jalen Hurts kind of wasn't drafted that high up, right? Kind of put in a spot because Carson Wentz sucks, and they want another team going for that younger, speedy, you know, younger quarterback type play and whatnot. But I don't know. I I hope I'm wrong about Tua because I like the kid, but I just – you know, I just don't see I just don't see it happening right now. Maybe if yeah. he gets better coaches, better team. But Brian Flores, pretty decent coach down there in Miami. So we'll see. All right. Well, for my last pick, he beat the Rams last year to beat the Rams last year so. <laughs> in Florida. Anything happens in Florida, in Florida, Any, true. everything. You know, I don't, when those teams go to the East Coast, man, uh, especially the Raiders. Yeah. They they yeah. play like dog shit. Uh, but speaking of uh, the Raiders, I'm gonna take I'm gonna put the juju out there like what I said. I'm taking Denver minus three and a half. Uh. So at least hey, <laughs> well hopefully hopefully I don't lose the bet to where like you know the Raiders lose by two, so where they you know lose the game and then I also lose the bet. So you know. Oh my God, I'm I can't. Put, I'm putting I can't it out there. against Raiders or Rams. I can't yeah. take against those two teams. So I just dropped that one. I won't I won't pick on that game. <laughs> All right, well, Alex, do you have a last pick for for this week? Man, we're getting kind of – you can pick whatever too, Alex, because – I'm just – you know, Cincinnati over Detroit. Like you said, Joe Burrow, he's got that coach. That coach came out of the Rams organization. He's got the newfangled thinking and stuff. He's got his calls receiver. That that's, that offense is clicking pretty well, man. I don't know. I just I like the way they, they, It's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Mixon right. is good too. Mixon's doing real good. Well, hopefully yeah. we get a bunch of uh, – yeah. And, and and they got that other receiver too that played at Clemson, T. Higgins. He's pretty damn he's, good too. Yeah, good. I, I like Cincinnati going forward as a team. Maybe not this year, next year, but I think they're building something there. I like it. Yeah, unfortunately, the Browns in a weird way. Like, yeah, Junior unfortunately, Brown. they're like the Raiders, where the Raiders are going to be, you know, not second but third fiddle to Herbert oh and Mahomes God. for years to come. So Cincinnati's got to be looking at, you know, Lamar Jackson. And and then, you know, and then Cleveland as well. So maybe that's not as a good of an example, because I think that Kansas City and the Chargers are probably better overall than the I'd probably take them over Baltimore and and Cleveland collectively over the next five, 10 years. But, you know, whatever. So that's the uh, that's our picks for the Super Contest. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's all from from Alex. Um, Alex, uh, all right owner and sponsor of our show from treasure island comics in fremont california please again go visit his shop on wednesdays fridays and saturdays he'll help you with all of your comic booking needs and he'll also engage in a nice friendly sports conversation as well <laughs> but uh yeah. alex it's it's always a pleasure to have you on uh, appreciate your your you know what you do for our for us and for our show and uh yeah thank you thank you so much yeah happy to chop it up tonight man it's fun all right Good and luck. then for Good luck so to your for, Dodgers I, I, also. I think I can speak yeah, for Mark. Man, we yeah, need it. Oh, oh, man, Dodgers, we need it. Right. We need it. Those giant, that giant team is the shit this year. They're, they're, 
tough. All right, Alex. Well, we will talk to you very, very soon. Um, I want right. to get you on before the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's do that. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you so All much, right, sir. Man. All right. Uh-huh. All right, Alex. Thank you. Good night. And we'll be right back to the Comic Bookies podcast. Don't you go anywhere. We still have some NASCAR playoffs to talk, and the EPL is back this weekend. Stay tuned, everyone. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Comic Bookies podcast. Thank you again to Alex from Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California, our very, very, very generous sponsor of the show. Uh, Mark, let's get into a few quick things to round up the episode. So the EPL is actually back this weekend. So like we were saying during our break, um, there was some, you know, uh, some international qualifiers and everything. And now we have some EPL to watch, I, you know. That's like a nice little, I wouldn't say a break, but you know, when I, when I get home and there's college football on, but also soccer, uh, you know, can't beat that, you know, kind of to start the weekend off. Yeah, we definitely got it back. Unfortunately for you, Sean, you guys are going to be without your guy, Rafael Veron. You guys is transfer this year. He's uh, out with a few weeks with the injury, but I mean, I don't know. I'm excited to get it back. We obviously had these world cup qualifiers. I think, uh, didn't you just say they one, they they, lost I think they yesterday they lost yesterday one zero. They won the the couple of days before, but um, mm-hmm. nonetheless, I think they're still good to go. Mexico was sitting on top of the Concacaf standings, I believe, with the U.S. in second place. But um, back to the EPL, you know, Chelsea on top here, uh, one point clear of Liverpool for the top spot. We all knew that they were going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially when Mr. Lukaku came back. I mean, how great is the EPL right now when we got Lukaku and Ronaldo as, um, you know, starting forwards for two of the biggest clubs in the world and obviously England. But, I mean, it makes it fun. Doesn't make it really fun for fans of other clubs, but... Chelsea's doing good. Man City has crept their way into the third spot. I think Liverpool a couple weeks ago had a pretty good chance to actually get the three points over City. But every time they scored, they just gave the booty back up right back to Man City. So that ended in a 3-3 draw with, uh, you know, obviously Salah standing out there. But nonetheless, they're one point clear of City. Uh, City and United, both 14 points. Also with Everton and Brighton, the Seagulls also with 14 points. Tottenham hasn't been faring too well, only 12 points in the, about in the middle of the table. And Arsenal is trying to crawl back with 10 points to round out the big six here. But yeah, I'm excited. Obviously, still very, very early in the season. We see teams um, still switching their lineups around and their rosters to, you know, to coincide with some of these uh, other League Cup games that have been going on, Carabao Cups. And obviously we've got UCL that has been, you know, kicking off these last couple of weeks. So, yeah, man, I just hope that Liverpool keeps grinding, that they show out pretty good at uh, Watford this week. And hopefully they can get three and come back to Anfield. Uh, what are your thoughts, Mike? How do you like your... Man United, um, I know you probably have a couple of things to say. You probably wish they could be doing or you th- would think they would be doing a little yeah. bit better. But what are your I think thoughts? They had the, I think they did have the hiccup. I think they tied 1-1 or had 0-0. I think they drew their last um, English Premier League game. 
Um, but I think that I think they're a lot stronger so far in the EPL than they are in Champions League. I don't know. I think they have that. I don't know. It just feels like they want the EPL more. You know, like I, you just get that feeling to where they they have the same exact lineup and they're playing like young boys or whatever. Like what? How the hell do you lose to young boys? But then you're competing, you know, with the best of the best in England. Uh, you know, it's just kind of mind blowing to me. But um, I do like their chances to at least make of obviously the top four, if not top two. Um, like we'll see, we'll see how the, the team meshes well. And, you know, there's a couple guys who are probably getting a little less PT as far, you know, because of Ronaldo, you know, starting and playing pretty much all the time. So we'll see. I'm, I'm definitely excited to see how the, the season ends. It's exciting to see Ronaldo in, you know, in red again, because I wasn't a fan of soccer. I wasn't really a fan of, of anything when Ronaldo was first at Man U. It wasn't until after when he was at, at Real Madrid that I became a fan of soccer in, in Manchester United. So it's cool to see him back, uh, you know, scoring goals for the Red Devils for sure. Definitely. He's definitely doing the whole uh, circle of life when it comes to his <laughs> right. soccer career, ending right. back at Manchester. I wouldn't be surprised if he We're ends up back at sporting for <laughs> a year to kind of, you know, end his career there. But just as long, you know, Man United will probably be all right. Just as long, you know, as they don't let Bruno Fernandez take late game penalty kicks and air oh, them into the stadium. Man, that was like, the, I mean, that was like the first one he ever doinked it. You know, I mean, it sucks. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, I, I guess you can get you're allowed two or three of those your whole career, but man. They say that what a you know they say oh what a howler when a goalkeeper messes up but man what a howler of a kick that was by the Portuguese uh by the Portuguese uh brother of Ronaldo there man I, yeah it sucks yeah, for but. sure but um but yeah so everyone enjoy those EPL games this weekend we are back it's on Saturday Sunday and like I think there's one or two games on Monday as well for people who have a weird schedule like I do uh but let's get into the final segment of the uh night it's final segment it's, it's kind of being a long episode we actually it's a cool episode because usually Alex you know has like a time constraint you know he's like oh I can be on for like an hour but he was on a, for a cool at, at least an hour hour and 15 minutes so I r- really appreciate the time with him but um so NASCAR uh, the NASCAR, the round of 12 just ended on Sunday. Our boy, Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson takes it again. Uh, he was having some voltage issues in the beginning of the race. And I was like, oh, no, I thought for sure right then and there he was going to DNF. And then, you know, he was only coming into the race like 22 or 23 points ahead of the cut line. And then when he had to make the extra pit stop and just kind of I think they the alternator uh, broke, right? The, the, the band, they had to, they had to uh, fix that. The belt, so yeah, had the belt. So he was down like nine points. The sure fact enough, that he came back from that to win the race. I mean, that just, I, you know, and uh, that comes with accountability for it being a, at a road course as well. In my mm-hmm. opinion, you know, pretty long course. It gives you time under, you know, a yellow flag condition and, you know, even maybe a green flag to not go down that many laps or whatnot, depending yeah. on how fast the crew can do it. But uh, that was pretty impressive, man. Uh, yeah. I'll admit, when he, you were all down and out. Oh, my day's over. Uh, the Raiders <laughs> suck. Can't even beat the Bears. And, and then know, Kyle Larson like, gonna relax. Be eliminated. <laughs> relax, man. This is Larson we're talking about. So, so he gets. Uh, he he got a pretty cool ring. I don't know if you saw it, the Roval ring, like a I Super did. Bowl type ring, but. Dope. Yeah, so now we have so now we have the round of eight, bro. The round of eight. Some old timers definitely in it, are in here still. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, 
uh, is Blaney still in it? Yeah. Yeah, all the um, Chase Elliott, uh, Brad Keselowski, and then of course Kyle Larson. So, so going Bowman, into huh? Bowman, Byron, Harvick, Byron. Oh yeah, Harvick's out. That's right. So Bowman, Harvick, Byron, Bowman, Harvick, Byron. and then um, Bell. Bell, Christopher Bell's out. So it's Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, uh, Ryan Blaney. Um, then you have Keselowski, Truex, Truex Chase, Larson. Larson Hamlin. Hamlin. That's right. Hamlin. That's right. I keep forgetting Hamlin. Okay. Um, so let's go to Texas, man. So over the last six races, you know, you have guys like Kyle Busch who has two wins. Um, and Denny Hamlin has one win over the last six races there as well. Although his average isn't really well, like overall. So Kyle Busch might have two wins, but he's not going to have his crew chief there this weekend though. Oh, that's right. I did see that. That's so right. Very interesting. Losing his crew chief for a, a repeat if offense of loose of missing uh, loose lug nuts after the race, mm-hmm. which you won't have to worry about that next season because there's only going to be one center. One. Uh, yeah, yeah, one lug. If you like, have one loose lug nut, let next year someone's getting fired. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have no tire coming down to the check to the green flag. So. <laughs> right. Um, so you have some of these guys who like, uh, you know, Kyle's got four wins. Uh, overall, Logano's got a win there. Hamlin's got three. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. has is winless. And actually, you just kind of have to throw all these stats out the door when it comes to Larson because you know, in, in he's had 13 races there, only you know four top tens. He's got an average finish of 20th, but I mean that was Chip Ganassi. That's not this year. That's not 2021. That's not in a in a Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet. You know, so who knows? I mean, I would put him up there. I'd put him, if you were looking up odds right now, Mark, I'd put him in the top two, top three, as far as odds are concerned. And then I would put maybe Kyle Busch right there with him. And then uh, maybe Chase, Logano, Hamlin. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think Larson's going to be really, really good at this race. The mm-hmm. Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 500 at Texas Motor Speedway. Another mile and a half, yeah. Another cookie cutter mile and a half. Mike. Your guy, and you called it coming in as your favorite here at about three to one, Kyle Larson. Chase Elliott next at seven to one, right next to Denny Hamlin, also at seven to one, and Kyle DeBush also. Wait, with a lot of drivers and Truex. So we got four drivers, seven to one, Blaney nine to one, Logano, your first double digit odd favorite at 11 to one. Uh, you know, uh, it's going to be really hard to compete with Larson in this track. I mm-hmm. think that. Him, you know, obviously he want to win again to just obviously propel himself into the final four. Every driver wants to win. I'd like to say Penske drivers kind of have a shot at it, but they just seem to be a click behind what the JGR drivers and what the Hendrick drivers are doing right now. So it's still there's something missing there with the Penske drivers, in my opinion. No, it's they're there, but they're just not all there. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I. I think Texas is similar. Like Texas is similar though to me to Las Vegas and and Logano and because like they run really well there. Blaney too. Like I think that they could be successful this weekend though. They can be successful, but being successful it doesn't amount. I mean, they just (laughs) they don't get the wins. It's like they're not they're they're being they're running okay, but they're not in victory lane. Besides, you know, Blaney a couple weeks ago um, when he won at uh, where did he win? I can't think about it right now, but Blaney did win a couple weeks ago. But nonetheless, you know, one driver here and Sean's not here to talk about it, but or to hear about it. But I think one driver that's got to be worried, really, really worried going into worry, 
no, worried. Yeah, he's got <laughs> he's got to be worried of uh, Kevin Harvick, but he's got to be also worried of Kevin Harvick because, you know, well, he's got nothing to lose now. And coming comments, for that ass. comments that Chase has made, and now you got three races to try to propel yourself to the championship race, which you actually won last season, and you're trying to become a back-to-back champion there, Chase. And now you're gonna have Mr. Good Old Kevin Harvick breathing down your back and. I guarantee you, Happy Harvick's not going to make it easy on Chase Elliott in any race coming up here, man. Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna misquote it, but I swear to God, if I see an ugly sweater with Chase Elliott and, and it says like have a have a merry off season and, and a happy Christmas or whatever he said like in that interview about uh, like Harvick, oh, I, I'm getting that. That is that was hilarious. You know, like whatever Harvick said, you know, learning a lesson in the real world and kind of giving a smirk when the guy asked him if they were even, you know, Chase was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, a great season for us so far. And I want to wish them a, a happy <laughs> off season and a Merry Christmas or whatever it was. So that was hilarious. Yeah, I, I think what I'm, he said, let me see. By the way, oh, so while you're looking that up, I looked at uh, weather this weekend at Fort Worth, Texas, because, you know, you always want to look at weather, you know, for all these, oh, you know, all these course. delays. You so today, here. so today and tomorrow we have 90 and 60 percent chance of thunderstorms. Um, it's only windy on Friday. And then thank God it's going to be a cold one. On, uh, that's, actually, no, it's going to be very nice. It's going to be cloudy and sunny on Saturday and Sunday, a high of 75 and 73. So there shouldn't be any worry of any rain or delays for this weekend's race. So thank God that that thunderstorm is here right now and tomorrow and not this weekend. Right. And it's a fast track. So mm-hmm. that's right. Uh, so, yeah. So what So what was the quote? <laughs> I can't pull it up. I'm not, my my computer is. Let's see what it was. Well, go ahead and give a pick for the race. Like give yourselves, you know, give the fans a pick if they're going to be going ahead and they want to put some hard-earned tax taxed money on this on this race. Well, you know, we like to find value here at the Comic Bookies podcast. I think that for value, if you really want to, I mean, are we going to go only with playoff contending drivers because now I, I mean i think that bowman can still be good here i think that byron yeah. can still be good here you know drivers with nothing to lose now you know who cares their season's over you know i guess you're still kind of racing for points if you will mm-hmm. but i mean byron at a 16 to 1 bowman at a 22 to 1 coming out of that hendrick motorsport camp you know your two favorites you know your two favorites right now and Kyle Larson at 3 to 1 and Chase Elliott at 7 to 1 like I alluded to earlier they're in the same exact camp as two drivers that are 16 to 1 and 22 to 1 with nothing to lose you know what yeah. i mean so yeah. at the end of the day you're talking about value i could be looking at two of those drivers Kurt Busch at 25 to 1 that's a seasoned vet and runs good here hell even a Kevin Harvick that's going to probably be pissed off you know how how big of that how big of that wreck that Harvick had at the Roval last week was predicated on Chase Elliott being right behind him? Because, you know, the NBC <laughs> announcers even at yeah. one were talking about it. And, oh, here's Chase coming off turn. Da, da, da. And the mm-hmm. next thing you know, he's like right behind like stock and Harvick and Harvick just completely misses the corner and doesn't slow down. And I mean, he put just, Chase, he put Chase into the wall, though, right there. That's he what got, I'm saying. 
That's he what got I'm his, saying. You know, he got his little revenge, but then he was very, very, you know, aware and of he forgot where to Chase break. was. Thought he was going to try to get him back, and you know, concentration slips for a third of a second, and you're That's into the, you're takes. asking the wall, and your season's over. By the way, he says, "I wish Harvick a merry off season and a happy Christmas." So yeah. if that shit is on a nice green or a red ugly sweater. I'm buying that for this season. I'm buying it Dude, for that sure. Guy. Um, that- I'm going to go ahead and choose just the two guys who just. Seem to me seem to be the guys who are going to be fighting it out for the championship at the end. I'll probably go with Larson or Hamlin to win this race. You know, there, it might be a good story if if Bush wins the race. You know, just because he doesn't have the crew chief. So, oh, without a crew chief, he still wins because he's pretty good at Texas Motor Speedway. Um, but yeah. Larson, but Larson with that win last week, they said that he almost almost has a full race lead. So it's like he almost like doesn't even have to race one of those races and he's pretty much locked in to these. So depending on this week's finish, he could be locked into the final four after the first of three races. And what do they have left? They have something in uh, Martinsville, Martinsville and still and uh, is it Dover or one of those ones. And then of course, Phoenix for the championship. I forgot what the schedule is, but yeah, it's Texas something Martinsville and then Phoenix. So that's what those would be my two picks for the week. Nice, nice. Now you got me thinking. What is it after Texas? I know. I'm 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 actually looking it up right now. But um yeah, I mean those guys have just been consistently Kansas. just that's Kansas. right. My birthday weekend was in Kansas. I was telling Bobby out there, I was like, Holy crap, my birthday weekend is at your as at the track that's like right by your house. I was thinking of making a trip, but that's not gonna happen, so but yeah, half mile and a half, mile and a half, half mile, and then a miler to end the season. Ladies and gentlemen, don't look now, but there's only four races left in the beloved NASCAR season, mm-hmm. man. It's dwindling down here quick, yep. and then we're having a brand new car, a whole new era starting in 2020, especially, you know, starting at the damn Coliseum. Who would have thought that? But I know. it's going to be crazy times ending this season with these last four races and it's going to be crazy time starting the season next year in 2022 i I can't wait man yeah and so and then for those of you who don't really like nascar well then this is your time of the year because now it's strictly football and then the beginning of hockey and basketball season so uh with that that's sports that's comics that's the Boogies podcast episode 128 thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for alex uh sean who is not here this week will be back next week uh mark take us away for 128 and that's right, man. As I take you away, I can't believe that we didn't even really mention NBA. We mentioned some hockey, but yeah. NBA got no chatter this week. That's how busy we are. Did the did the season actually start? The Lakers the and Warriors was that it starts? Was it? I think in a couple of days. Oh, it okay. hasn't actually started yet. I know the NBA starts a little bit earlier. Uh, I mean, sorry, the NHL starts earlier than the NBA by like about mm-hmm. a week or so every year. But yeah. it, you know, the Warriors play the Lakers tonight in an exhibition game and. Um, I think they play them again pretty soon for the regular season, but here we are. All the sports, they say October is one of the best sports, if not the best, I mean, months for sports of the season because you got the NBA starting, the NHL just started. You got, you know, we couple weeks into NFL, NA, uh, NHL uh, just the started. playoffs. Baseball playoffs, uh, college football is six weeks in or whatnot, but EPL, NASCAR's playoffs. It's like this is the best time of the year for sports. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. October. Uh, Warriors are uh, 12 point winners over the Lakers. 
Warriors are 4-0 in preseason, Lakers 0-5, if that means anything to you or to anybody else. Mm, it doesn't <laughs> mean much, but it's good to see that, you know, the Lakers uh, are losing. Are old, but I don't think that all of them have been playing. You saw that LeBron yeah, was at the LeBron was at the Cleveland game when they played uh, the Rams the other night and, or the yeah, other yeah. day and whatnot. But who knows how much they're all practice? They're you know they're in that stages of their career with Westbrook and mm-hmm. LeBron already up there in age. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for listening to our sponsor, our quarterly guest, and Alex, the owner of Treasure Island Comics. Make sure you guys check him out, as Mike always says, in Fremont, California. If you can make it there, he's open Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. If you can't make him there, make sure you check him out online and on social media at TI Comics. I think it's at TreasureIslandComics.com. Yeah, but it was fun times. I wish that more of us could, I mean, all three of us can get together a little bit more, especially that summer's dwindling down, my brother. It's going to start getting cold here. The barbecues, the smokers, the Traegers are going to be coming to an end. No, 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 he says. I, I, I barbecued some burgers tonight, bud. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you can't stop that Traeger, but and yeah, I'm making man. some bourbon monkey bread tomorrow. Bourbon monkey bread. Oh, dude. Wow. Uh, in the Traeger. On the Traeger, yep. If you guys, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys want that recipe, <laughs> make sure you guys shot out the comic bookie host and Mike Biella and get it, unless it's a secret one. But no, uh, books have been kind of crazy lately with the delivery of them. A lot of delays, as you guys heard from Alex. A lot of books being uh, messed up and damaged when they arrive. A lot of books, DC being pushed back to later dates and not being delivered on time. So Mike, Sean, and I have kind of been all over the place and the stories that we're reading and whatnot, but we are going to catch up and we will make that promise to you to catch up by next week. So we can talk again, get back into all our book reviews with the Batmans and the detectives and the jokers and the strange adventures and all the good shit that always comes out. So thank you guys, everybody enjoy your middle of your October. Enjoy 128 and enjoy the weekend. Thank you for listening to us and giving us a little bit of your time. The Comic Bookies loves you and check us out on all social media as well at the Comic Bookies. Thank you. And also email us, thecomicbookies at gmail.com, especially for those of you who are joining our super contest. Please, again, give us your top four picks against the spread in the NFL every single week, and the grand prize winner based off of percentage is going to get a nice little prize pack. Uh, But yeah, Mark, you said pretty much everything. Last thing I want to say is I want to dedicate this episode to my Uncle Duke, who unfortunately passed away um, a couple days ago. Um, He was one of the coolest. Uh, Him and my Aunt Catherine, you know, they're out in Kansas, so I'm sure that he's going to be at the racetrack in spirit at the NASCAR race in a few weeks for that playoff race. But uh, now I definitely have to make it out there and go to a race. But, um, yeah, Uncle – rest in peace, Uncle Duke. We love you, and um, enjoy the sports, enjoy the comics, enjoy each other. Peace out. See you all next week. Peace out. Make sure you guys always enjoy each other and enjoy each other's company as always because life can be short. So stay safe. And remember, let's try to make it out of this winter as safe as possible and come out on 2022 better than ever. Let's go. We love you, TCB fans. Peace.